Welcome to Parenthood Pals. I'm Caleb Hoyer. And I'm Melissa Fight Johnson. And today we've got some new inductees into <laughs> our three timers club. Woohoo! <laughs> it's Shane and Alicia O'Neill, two for one. Yay! Welcome back, wow. you guys. What an honor to be in such an esteemed club. Yes. Life goal achieved. The only person in the club so far, I think, is Melissa's husband. That's right. You're the only one not married to one of us uh, in the club Mm -hmm. now. So that's really something. Nice. We're two thirds of the club. Yes, (laughs) you are. Shane and Alicia were last with us for the tragic season three, episode 17. Remember me, I'm the one who loves you. I guess I shouldn't say tragic because like My favorite. Jasmine got back together in mm-hmm. an episode. That's not tragic. I just think of Zoe and Julia. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. yeah. That was rough. And I like it's intense. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have we have an early in the season episode <laughs> for you. Not quite as heavy. Right. Just <laughs> setting up tragedy to come, you know? Just yeah, like right. foreshadowing yeah. tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll remind everyone, you know, it I I said it that it was my favorite episode so far, and that still remains true. The last one that you guys were on. So All right. who yeah. knows if anything's yeah. gonna beat it. We'll oh, see. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will be the one to beat. Maybe. It. Uh spoiler alert, it's not, <laughs> although I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry. But no, I don't mean the podcast. I mean the episode of Parent. Oh, I got you. Yes. Yeah. So, right. yes, this of course, might. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> this will probably be my favorite episode recording ever. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Well, this subpar episode that we're about to talk about <laughs> is Parenthood Season 5, Episode 2 All Aboard Who's Coming Aboard. It was written by David Hudgens, directed by Lawrence Trilling. It originally aired on October 3rd, 2013. And here is the TV Guide synopsis. You're just like try TV it up. Guide again. All right. Yeah. Jasmine and Crosby have their hands full as the baby's crying starts to have an effect on Jabbar. Meanwhile, Julia meets a school parent volunteer with whom she has much in common. Adam and Christina struggle with the campaign. Hank visits Sarah and gives her advice about talking to Amber. But Adam disagrees with Hank's suggestion. And Zeke avoids discussing the future with Camille. That was a great synopsis, I thought. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it mm-hmm. hits all the points. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot better than there are the complications. DVD synopsis sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Although that was TV Guide. Yeah. Uh. Melissa, is all aboard who's coming aboard grammatically correct? It feels awkward in my mouth. <laughs> I think it is grammatically correct. It's just maybe not the best possible way to phrase something because it's, you know, Who needlessly is, repetitive. feels singular, but all feels like, hmm. but I guess you would be referring to each person. Potentially coming aboard. Yeah, I don't know. These were the deep questions I was hoping we were going to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Do either of you want to weigh in on this very important uh, topic of grammar yeah I, I think i need to go back and do some research on right this. i'll just yeah. be pondering for a while <laughs> all right fair yeah. enough fair enough well let's get into something a little bit bigger <laughs> wait now now my grammar is like, okay fuck the grammar we've got a big deal here friday night lights alert <laughs> um do you also have a full house alert because that also applies to this person and this is a big one 
It's Journey Smollett, who plays Heather Hall in this episode. Yes. But she was Jess Merriweather on Friday Night Live. Yes. Oh. And do you know who she was on Full House, everyone? No. No, but can we... Wait. Yes. Let's... Every time we've seen her on screen since this campaign started, I said to Alicia, how do I know this girl? There it is. (laughs) She's from Full House. She's from Full House. Oh, my God. As a child. As a child. Denise, Michelle's best friend. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. And I feel like every time you guys are on, we end up talking about Full House. How is that possible? um, (laughs) And like, it was like in the back of my mind, and I kept thinking, why? Like, I know I recognize this Uh girl, but why am I imagining her as a child? And it never clicked in my mind that that's who oh she is goodness. Yeah, you You're just welcome. blew our minds <laughs> that's amazing yes. oh that's so great well I was happy you guys were on for like 400 reasons but that was one of them because I'm like oh my gosh the first time they were on it was like a full house palooza and oh, now absolutely. we've got Denise straight up in here it's perfect so can I wow. just can I just say real quick not yeah. to go off on a tangent no, but my tangent. sister just had her first child oh. and I bought her a cameo from Andrea Barber also known as <laughs> Kimmy Gibbler, and yes. it was amazing. It was. <laughs> oh my god! She delivered. I <laughs> she really love did. that. I bought a signed copy of Andrea Barber's memoir. <laughs> <laughs> it was a delightful book. I gave it a very good review on Goodreads. Awesome. And then I got an email saying Andrea liked your review, and I thought oh, Andrea who? Click 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 click. Andrea Barber, Kimmy Gibbler herself, liked my review. Wow. I have (laughs) no... Felt like I'd seen the face of God. (laughs) (laughs) I have no direct connection to Kimmy Gibbler. It makes me very sad. Um, I have to know, what did she say in the cameo? All right. So my sister's, her last name is Crail. So I had her start the video with, hola, Crailerinos. Yes. Um, (laughs) Nailed it. And... um, and my brother-in-law and I, we we have this obsession with the fact that Full House, this is a deep cut a little bit, okay. introduced the character of Papuli, who is Uncle Jesse's grandfather yes. from Greece. And Played he was only by John Stamos, right? <laughs> Wasn't it? Or no? Oh no, no. Okay. Oh, I know what you're you're thinking of Stavros, yes, his I Greek am. cousin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God, Melissa. I'm so, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> but Papuli was only brought on for like an episode and a half just so they could kill him <gasps> and make the family deal with his death. Whoa. That's the only reason he exists. So so I had I asked Miss Barber to please reference Papuli because wow. it's such a joke with me and my brother-in-law. And, and she said something like, this child is going to be more loved than Papuli. And it was <laughs> wonderful. Yes. But, yes. you know, I just expected some you know, Kimmy Gibbler shtick and a laugh here and there, but she spent two to three minutes like giving this heartfelt, you know, monologue about Aww. having your first child and being parents. It was wonderful. It was. That's so nice. Yeah. She seemed yeah. they lovely. Loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's really great. Andrea, if you're listening, <laughs> come on the podcast. We would love to have you. <laughs> then I could have a personal connection with you like everyone else. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. Uh, wow. Well, no papulis die in this episode. Yeah, Woo. good. <laughs> Knock on. Oh, <laughs> yes! I'm trying to remember, did Denise ever encounter Mr. Woodchuck? I'm sure she did. I bet so, because I, I feel so. like she was on the TV show. 
yes. yeah. within the when show. They, yes. Yeah, like in the, she the and Teddy and Michelle were all. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It all comes back to Mr. Woodchuck. Yeah. <laughs> now she's all grown up, running campaigns. Yeah. yeah. And and I loved her. I thought. I mean, just like quick spoiler oh, yeah. about Heather Hall. I really enjoyed how uncomfortable she made Adam. I don't know what it was, but there was like one moment where she was like, we'll have to have some FaceTime. And she like brushed some lint off of his shoulder or something. And he just seemed very like unsettled. And I'm like, this is delightful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just really enjoyed Uh it. And I I really liked getting a fresh character's perspective. I mean, in this case, it was her on the whole Adam-Rachel situation. Yeah, that was interesting. I also just loved bringing up a past incident Mm -hmm. like that, that we all actually know the complexity of. I love that too. And then seeing it put in this like nutshell Mm -hmm. and present it to another character to judge. What did you all think of her take on it? Did any of you have like actual like thoughts on that or just it was just interesting (sighs) that it was brought up? Part of me wondered if she didn't quite believe him. She was like, okay, so you, so you didn't kiss her back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. She sounded a little bit doubtful of that. I mean, to me, it just seemed like the reaction of someone who is experienced in like politics and dealing with stuff like this and knowing that even the most minor of skeletons in the closet could come back and blow up and yeah. She's, I think she just clearly knows what she's doing and wants to be prepared for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed that whole take charge thing, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with Mm -hmm. you, Alicia. It seemed like she was like, they always do, you know, like, like, yes, these young women are always kissing the middle-aged men. Mm -hmm. Uh Can't stop them. You know, (laughs) that was really interesting. Yeah. 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 And then she coaxed out this minor revelation from Adam. We've been doing this for like two hours. It's, it's, it seems a little extreme. Okay, but trust me, this is very important. We have to go over full work history. You know, I need to know every job you've had, salary, reasons for leaving. Let's start with TNS. How much were you making when you I'm left? sorry, Heather, you can't be serious. This is private information. Nobody's ever even heard of Christina. She's never run for office. It's not like she's running for the presidency. You can't possibly need all this information. Between you and me, Bob Little's a legitimate candidate. He's got money. His name is in yards all over Berkeley. Christina, you know, she's a... a Oh, okay. I get it. I support her doing this. I just, I don't know how realistic it is. Eeks. There it is. (laughs) Another reason I'm glad to have a married couple on here. I'm like... I can't imagine Shane being like that when Alicia runs for mayor. I'm oh, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact, um, we'd like to announce here Alicia's <laughs> candidacy for mayor of Medina, Ohio. Yes! Wow. <laughs> oh. You'd have my oh. vote. <laughs> yeah, I'll move there just so I can vote. <laughs> now, this is definitely not a good look for Adam, but I kind of felt like how much can you blame him if that's his honest reading of the situation, which is just, I don't think she has much of a chance of winning and I don't think she's thought it through. Are you supposed to pretend otherwise just because you love your spouse? I feel like all you can do is be supportive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I feel like he is. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. not saying like, no, I won't allow you to do this. Right. Although he did kind of try in the last episode. He's like, I thought we talked about this. Yeah, I thought we shut yeah. this down. But mm-hmm. what say you, married people? Yeah. I mean, I think, I kind of agree with you, Caleb. I think he's kind of a proxy for all of the viewers here. I think most people <laughs> watching the show are like, 
you're not wrong. <laughs> I <Right>. mean, uh, <laughs> this is a pretty big undertaking for someone, someone who hasn't held any public office whatsoever. So, I mean, I agree. He's being realistic, but he's also being as supportive as he can from, mm-hmm. with his current perspective. I think it would have been strange if he would have been super gung-ho, like, yes, you are absolutely going to win. That would have felt really unnatural because this is so out of left field for her to be running for the mayor, like a a major seat. It's not like city council, like, you know. The stepping stones one usually takes to mayor. (laughs) Like Bob Little tried. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think you're all correct. And yet... I don't know what it was, but something about the way he reacted bothered me to my core. You know, Caleb, you bring up a good point, like if that's how you honestly feel. But I think I was like, it's shitty that he honestly feels that way. And then maybe that's unfair because just last episode, you and I were like breaking down how realistic this was, but we're not married to her. I don't know. I just feel like this, this sort of condescending way he sometimes talks to everyone, he doesn't usually talk to her that way but I felt like he sort of did a few times in this episode and I thought you're just gonna have to do better than that this is happening and the worst that's gonna happen is she's going to lose and you know it was stressful for a couple of months like can't you get on board more than that I don't know yeah yeah in his mind though the worst that could happen is a lot more than her losing right like Mm -hmm. he's fearful for her health that is a good point which is fair But I also think, you know, Melissa, to your being bothered by it, am I right that it really doesn't help that if he feels that way, he feels that way. But the fact that he's telling someone who's not Christina. Yeah. And then is, in fact, her campaign manager. It does feel awfully behind her back. Like, Mm -hmm. between you and me, me. my wife stands no chance. I mean, maybe being supportive is if you feel that way. You keep it to yourself. Or you tell Crosby. So that you don't rain on their parade. and You tell someone unrelated to it. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, because I, I agree. Because I, I I still think, even though I share Adam's skepticism, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think, Shane, you're totally right, that he's there as a proxy for the viewers, I still think it comes off not looking good. And I think that is a fair assessment, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure what he should be doing instead. But yeah, maybe it's not telling people behind her back. <laughs> and I don't think he had the intention of doing that. I think it was right. just this long interview with her and she just kept prying and finally it just came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're treating this like it's real? Okay, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Speak my truth. <laughs> I don't think it's real at all. Yeah. Well, as you said, it, it is revealed that Adam has some more legitimate reasons for being concerned. I just feel like you're not being supportive. Christina, I'm your husband. I'm supportive. Really? Yeah. Because I talked to Heather and she said that you were a little, you know, resistant. Maybe you don't want to be a part of this. Really? And Heather says, okay, Heather sat in my office for two you. hours and asked me a bunch of personal questions. Yeah, it made me feel resistant. Okay, I get it. You know what? I'm about to go out there and make a speech in front of a lot of people. Yeah, I know. What is wrong with you? Can you Nothing. just tell me, honey? I feel like you're being evasive and All you're right. just not telling why are you me what doing I'm this? doing. Why really, are doing why that? are you running? Adam, you know why I'm running. I want to help people. I want to make a difference. You, I know that I can be a good mayor. Okay. Adam, I just, I feel like I've been given a second chance and I'm not going to take that lightly. I'm not. All right, well, maybe you should put that in your speech. 
You know what? You're making me feel awful right now. You're acting like a jerk. Well, I don't know what You're to do. Like I don't think jerk. you've thought this through. I, I see have... you getting stressed out now. This is what I'm worried about. Every doctor that we talked to said that you should manage your stress level. That you I'm should not, be focused on your health. This is making me stressed right now. I don't what you're honey, doing to me. me. I don't want to stress you out. Just listen stressed. to me, okay? You're supposed to be eating well. You're supposed to be resting, exercising. Feel fine. I'm supposed to just sit back and be supportive and let you go into what is probably going to be the most stressful two months of your life? And just let that happen? No, it's not. Christina, can you listen to me? I don't I'm want to see you have a relapse. I don't want to see you have to battle cancer again. I'm you almost died. Gonna... You know what? You're, you are 100% right. I almost died, but I didn't. It's exactly why I'm doing this. I just want to know how this is only two months. I feel like that's a really short amount of time to mm. run a mayoral campaign. Yeah, true. In a city of like 100,000. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those ads yeah. are on for more than two, yeah. right? Like, just like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, Heather does say, you filed late. Okay. So at least they're. <laughs> That's how they covered themselves. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm struck in this scene by how the tables have turned since the season finale of season four, mm -hmm. when Adam wanted to go to Hawaii because he was sure that Christina was fine and healthy. Yeah. And she was very cautious. Oh yeah. And Good she point. didn't want to take any big moves, and now it's the opposite. And yet I don't feel like they've contradicted themselves. It actually feels very believable to me mm -hmm. that they've come to these new positions. And it kind of reminds me that while Christina's cancer was obviously very hard on Adam and grueling for him to go through, he couldn't go through it for her. Yeah. That's an experience she had to do by herself and only she really knows what it was like. So she's going to have a perspective that's not always easy to get across to other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I thought the same is true for Adam. Christina can't know what it's like to almost lose a spouse. Yeah. And damn. so I feel like they're both kind of coming from, well, Adam's coming from a place of fear. I think Christina, her fear would maybe be of not doing something. Exactly. Rather than what might happen. Of like, yep. oh, if I let fear keep me from taking this chance that I feel passionate about. Anyway, I found that mm. fascinating. Yeah, I kind of feel like what you said about the flip-flop between the end of last season and now, my interpretation could be that at the end of last season, Adam is like in the high of like getting that clean bill of health and like, you know, want to go tackle the world at that point. But then with each passing day, like that starts to wear off and then the what ifs start to creep in and yeah. every day wondering about remission or whatever. And then- the idea of adding all this added stress could compound that tenfold. Yeah. yeah. And there's a huge difference between a Hawaiian vacation and running for <laughs> Sure. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. the vacation one is extremely, be, yeah. A, an escape from stress. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I might not have been fair earlier because I think if this were real life, I probably would feel like Adam did and think this is this is a lot you know, why not wait? And I know that was actually explicitly addressed in the last episode where, you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, I know it, th there could be a better time, but this is the time. And it does seem Shane, I like what you said. It's like, they've learned different lessons or something. And, and yeah, her, her lesson is don't wait. Who knows how much time you have. And I think it's interesting that her friend Gwen has learned that lesson as well, even though she has relapsed. And so you mm -hmm. might think, well, this is proof that you don't do that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I 
I think it makes sense. I like that Christina, who is usually making decisions based on fear, like she didn't want to mainstream Max, you know, she she's doesn't want him to go trick-or-treating, you know. It, she didn't want to go back to work in season one. Yeah. It's like... Because compl- the kids needed her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's completely different now. And I guess I just really love that look on her. And mm-hmm. part of me is like, as much as I understand where Adam's coming from, I'm like, well, this is making her happy. And she makes a good point that he is stressing her out, you know, that she was yeah. feeling yeah. energized and great until... This conversation. I thought of you on that line. I feel like the way she delivered it sounded like your voice. Really? This is stressing me out. What are you doing now? <laughs> and I and I thought I it was like a that. great point. Yeah. And I agree with you totally about you know, like the mayoral storyline lives in my memory as kind of silly, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to really give it a fair shot on this watch. Yeah. And like last episode was all about how I, I don't think it is that crazy and. The big upside in this episode, I thought, was it felt like Christina was transformed. She seems Mm -hmm. like a new person while still being the same character. Mm -hmm. And it was it was the way she stood up to Adam. Yeah, I thought was wonderful. (laughs) And and saying and, you know, I'm always like use I messages. But I loved it when she said, you know what? You're really making me feel terrible right now. You're acting like a jerk. And it, it, it didn't seem cruel Mm -mm. it just seemed honest in a way that i feel like she sometimes isn't yeah it was like she thought he didn't realize the effect he was having on her and she Mm -hmm. wanted to yeah share that with him rather than like how dare you yeah Mm -hmm. right it's just like a confidence to her i also felt like that whole scene i was like okay now she's gonna cry and now she's gonna cry and it she kept not crying yeah. until, I mean, it took him saying that she almost died yeah. for yeah. tears to actually come out. It's like, this feels different than Christina in seasons past. Uh-huh. Right. She's stronger. She <laughs> is stronger. Yeah. yeah. And I think she would be. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, it's funny. The one that when she says he's being a jerk is when he makes a comment that I actually thought was great advice, but maybe he meant it sarcastically and she picked up on that and I did not. But when she said, you know, I almost died, but I didn't, you know, or or something like I've been given a second chance. And he's like, well, maybe you should put that in your speech. I actually thought you should put that in your speech. But I guess, (laughs) but then she's like, you're being a jerk. And I'm like, oh, was that sarcasm on his part? Did he not actually think she should put that in? Because anyway, the small point, but. I heard that tone, that sarcastic tone. I think he had a little tone there. Giving her a little tude. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was the jump ball. Yeah. (laughs) And and in that spirit, like kudos to Peter Krause for threading Mm -hmm. that needle. Mm -hmm. Man. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were Adam, I would seriously consider telling Heather about his years-long affair with his sister. (laughs) Hey. Hi. What are you doing here? Oh, it's just in the neighborhood like I always am now. Oh, that's right. You're going to drink all those right now? I think so. Okay. Okay. Crack that for you. There you go. Thanks. I mean, I really saw it. I was like, what is happening? It's like sometimes they forget who they're playing and they yes. just, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, right, right, right. Wait, Back to that work. didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> that music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> 
Um, did anyone else wonder where Christina's sprawling family was for her announcement? Uh, no. They could have doubled the size of that crowd. Oh. That's a very good and point. And quadrupled its volume. Yeah. I always just go, where's Hattie? Mm-hmm. But but like <laughs> yeah. but you're yeah. right. They're, they have a, an entire army of people seemingly within 150 yards of their home at all times. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why everyone wasn't there. That's that's a very good that's question. Good yeah. See, at first, Caleb, I thought you were asking where Christina's actual family, you know, like her, like, you oh, know. The ones yeah. we've never seen. The ones we've yeah. never seen yeah. who are there. almost even heard about. Right. right. The ones who weren't there when Nora was born or when she had cancer. So when you asked that yeah. question, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I did not wonder. It just is like very <laughs> in keeping. But yes, now that you mention it, where were the Bravermans? Very good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They were too busy picking up trash at their school or whatever. Don't get me started. <laughs> so, I've got a lot of thoughts on that one. Okay. <laughs> what a great segue, Melissa. <laughs> I didn't even know that we were there because in addition to the first episode with journey smollett it's also the first episode with david denman as ed Mm -hmm. the office alert no we don't have one of those roy Roy. well quick sidebar about the school okay i like that victor and jabbar are hanging out together yeah Yeah. i couldn't help but wonder in the whole entire school are they still just hanging out with their family We know this about the Bravermans. They just well, they're like, modeling after their parents. Yes, yeah. yeah. Right. They're like they we only hang out with each other. Yeah, Absolutely. and we can't afford another guest star. No, <laughs> we're tapped out. We use up the budget on Journey and David Edmund. Yeah, mm. we're done. Well, what do you guys think of Ed? Let's just start in general. I can't see him past Roy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's his character on The Office. Yes, yes. And He's I, a dick I have never seen. Office. Well, I shouldn't say I've never seen The Office. I started The Office many years ago and had never finished it. And and I only know him from that and from this role on Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I'm like, you're just causing trouble wherever you go, yes. aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is a Juilliard trained actor. Is he wow. really? Is he? Good for him. I'm checking now because I'm not sure that's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's an alleged Juilliard trained yes. actor. Bachelor of Fine Arts degree wow. from Juilliard School's Drama Division in 1997, where his classmates included Sara Ramirez and Alan Tudyk. Wow. wow. I know both of them. I mean, not, not personally. Not a bad class. <laughs> yeah, pretty good class. I don't know. You know, I got to say, I remember thinking he was very funny in the past. And in this episode, I'm like... I don't think he's very funny. And I also remembered Joel as not having any sense of humor at all in the past. And on this watch, Caleb, you know, we have realized that Joel is actually quite funny. So I'm like, what's happening? Um, Because I just remember thinking, well, it makes sense. Julia would want to pal around with this guy. He's hilarious. And this time I'm like... Is he? Like, I don't I don't know. I didn't think he was that funny. Like, he did that weird fake-out thing. I'm like, that's not funny. That's just kind of mean. He made her late and have to be on the sustainability mm. thing. I, I don't... <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Although, I have questions about this sign-up. Yeah. Every parent in the school got there before them. There was nothing left. Not every parent is dropping their kids off no. at school. I mean, mm-hmm. some kids are riding the bus. Yes. I mean, or are these only... Is this a group of parents who have signed up to be volunteers and now that group has to get there on this one day. That's kind of, yeah. Even though we have the internet, 
you know, we could just sign up from anywhere. This is 2013 I, internet. Right. It was a wild, I guess it was a different, <laughs> different world. Pre-pandemic, yeah. you know, internet. Mm-hmm. No, but this is another reason I wanted parents for this because I couldn't, I, Caleb, I was with you. I'm like, this is ludicrous. I don't believe this at all. I'm like, they can't force me to sign up to be on the sustainability. I got shit to do. And then I was like, oh, wait, I, I take it to the parents. Can they make you be on the sustainability committee? See, um, our daughter's school has a PTA. Mm-hmm. Have we been to any of those meetings? No. No. <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have time for that. Um, so I, I don't know. In my mind, if they have these committees, most of them are stay-at-home moms. Yeah, I, or parents who work maybe part-time. Yeah. Parents who just have a little bit of extra time on their hands. Maybe parents who don't have like young kids. Yeah. Like right? we both have full-time jobs. We have two small children. Yeah. Like the only thing we can sustain is our household yeah. on a good day. <laughs> Barely. Barely. <laughs> I can't worry about little Carter's um, biodegradable uh, lunchbox yeah. or whatever he's getting yelled yes. at for. <laughs> yeah. The sustainability committee I love so much. And I think back in 2013 was probably still just a very California theme right (laughs) yeah like that kind of thing would have not happened in ohio in 2013 maybe not even now i don't know (laughs) i I just i i just also i can't picture parents like at school during the school day just like walking around the cafeteria lecturing children on recycling that was the same thing yeah i was like what is the point of this like later when they were going through the trash and putting it in the correct bin i'm like Uh i guess maybe that i buy Mm -hmm. but i'm like just bullying kids (laughs) like like hey what's that you're eating potato chips you know mm-hmm. like that's right that's, i think in the writer's room they were just like oh, what's the worst possible thing we can even <laughs> remotely believably force uh julia to sign up for at school yeah, yeah. i don't know that yeah. does check out hectoring kids about yeah it's <laughs> right. ridiculous i gotta say though i did find ed incredibly charming yeah and i did find him funny my memory was that he was I have to say, I also find him quite cute. And while he is not a cookie cutter love interest physically, like you would usually see on TV. Yeah. I thought he was very attractive overall in a lot of ways. And it got me going down this whole like wormhole about this is a show that is so much about feeling real and feeling authentic but maybe the biggest way in which it falls very short of authenticity <laughs> is that everyone is freaking gorgeous yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. very conventional oh, way. Yes. Yeah. That's true. So true. Yeah. So and true. I thought, you know, if a stay-at-home mom were going to emotionally cheat with a dad from their kid's school, and it sure seems like that's where this is going, what would he probably look like? I mean, probably like Ed, if you're lucky, because <laughs> even among someone with his body type, I thought he's still pretty conventionally good looking. Mm-hmm. He's just not like Joel. ripped. And right. Yeah. Right. But a lot of times when people are gorgeous, they don't have to be interesting. So <laughs> I thought hiring an interesting actor was a good, like, yeah, lure us in that way. Sure. Yes. I was not sure if we were going to like allude to that. Cause you know, at this point I'm like, is it possible that they're just setting him up to be a friend? You know, the way that Christina finally has a friend in Gwen, were they going to be like, you know what might be fun? If she has a friend who's 
a stay-at-home dad the same way that her husband used to be, but now isn't, you know, I, mm. but, but did it seem to everyone like, no, they're setting something up potentially? Oh, I felt it immediately. Yeah. I could tell. Yeah. I felt yeah. like Julia had this little twinkle in her eye of attraction. I think Caleb, I agree. She's attracted to him. And, and I couldn't tell if it was to the look specifically, or like this charm, this little humor wit that he comes off with. Yeah. They make him very likable, which, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think they, they certainly didn't want to make him seem like a villain in this story of like causing this rift between Joel and Julia. Right. Like he genuinely seems like a good guy and yeah. that makes it more believable, I think. And I think having him share his insecurity about not working, that he would rather work, you know, like Alicia, when you said the people who would be on these committees are stay at home parents or people mm -hmm. who work part time, like, well, that's Julia and Ed. There mm -hmm. you go. Yep. And, but they both seem kind of un, they both seem reluctant mm -hmm. <laughs> to be in those roles. Yeah. And I thought, oh, the fact that they're bonding over that, I think I've also just been conditioned by the show at this point. And I think if Julia were going to make a friend at school, it'd be another mom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and then they we would were. Know, oh, there's nothing happening there. Although that would be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. yes, it would. <laughs> what are these feelings? <laughs> <laughs> Something exciting twist. and new. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if we are sort of mentioning this, then that people are feeling like this is where it's heading, then I will say that I do find it fascinating when shows or movies explore the idea of someone being attracted to someone who is much less attractive than the person they're with. I mm -hmm. think that is interesting. And I think that was back when I didn't think Joel was funny. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense that maybe she would like talking to someone who made her laugh. But then on this whole rewatch, I'm like, well, Joel's hilarious. Also, Joel was like, stay at home this whole time. So if she's feeling insecure, I don't really understand why she has to bond with someone else who's newly in this position. Couldn't she just be like, Joel, God, did you ever feel this way? And he'd be Let's like, talk about this. yeah, <laughs> yes. And I think yeah. that's driving. And, and also just on this rewatch, I can't help but re like just realize that he's the best person on the planet, essentially. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm also like, yeah. you know, it's not like you're married to some just jerk who couldn't understand what you're going through you are and hey I think it's great to have a friend but I think if she does start to feel herself be attracted I I you know people are always saying like oh I just don't know how it even started yes you do mm -hmm. and don't go down a road I think you can be friends with somebody of the opposite sex but if you're attracted to that person I think tread really lightly and don't think oh I feel so understood right now and so seen like <laughs> yes. I, I don't know I, it just it really it bothered me I think more than it has and because I think in the past I thought well this is sort of interesting he's he's funny she you know it's bringing out a new side of Julia and I don't know I I think I was so defensive of it that I didn't even find him charming and maybe also I've since watched The Office and I'm like I know you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah yep those were all my thoughts. Well, Melissa, you mentioned this scene and not finding it funny at all. I found it adorable. And <laughs> I wrote down, I dare say they have more chemistry than Julia and Joel. Hey, I actually have to talk to you about something. What's up? I um, don't work for Dengraf and Prosser anymore. Oh, no. What happened? No, I, I haven't worked for them for a year. I, I quit 
they would have fired me anyway for the mistake that I made. I just, I lied to you about it, and I don't know why that I felt the need to do that, but I did, and I, I'm sorry. Wow. That's messed up. I really don't think we should hang out anymore. Okay. Really? Nothing? Come on, that was a joke. You were joking. I was joking. You gotta light that it was up. really mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You were trying to puff yourself up a little bit. It's no big deal. People do it all the time. It's gonna be really? six weeks before I can even say the word out loud. Unemployed. Well, like we're ah, leopards, right? Yeah, like we're losing our skin. Fingers and toes are falling off everywhere we go. <laughs> yeah. That's almost exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> but not quite. Okay. So we're good. We're good. Yeah. I'll see you Monday. Go green team, huh? Hey, recycling table. Sustainability! Yeah! Save the world! I thought it was charming. <laughs> and I didn't think the fake out was mean. I mean, he immediately... I guess that's true. I had my defenses up. It was just so yeah. flirtatious. Like, I felt like they yeah. were, like, 21 years old. And, like, mm. he was just making a little flirty joke. Like, oh, yeah, you're never going to see me again, kind of a thing. But... <laughs> How's that gonna make like, you feel? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, cat and mouse. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I think that's it. I think that in the past, I don't know why. Maybe it was because I wasn't paying as close attention. You know, again, taking notes, <laughs> having hours long conversations <laughs> about every episode. But I just, I think in the past, I just went with it, and I did sort of just let it happen. And I'm like, oh, he is funny and and charming and maybe even has more chemistry with Julia. And this time around, I'm like, I don't give a shit if he has more chemistry with Julia. Joel is the world's best person and yes. has been nothing but supportive and good to you. And he does not deserve this shit. And so I think I just had my hackles up or whatever. I was just like, I'm not going to find this charming. I just, yeah, I think that was it. Like, it's almost beside the point. Is it because now you've, you know, seen everything. So you know where it's going. So that's kind of like shading your perception of him at this point in time. I wonder too, because, you know, we're talking about it the way we are. And I bet the first time I watched this, I just thought that it was a possibility he was coming on to be a friend. You know what I mean? Like, and I think if you have that mindset about it, then yeah, you're not feeling maybe so mm-hmm. defensive of Joel yeah. and, and, you're, and you're just like, oh, that's cute. That's funny. I, I like it. But yeah, that's a that's a good point. I'm I'm wary. I don't know. Also, you know, it wasn't that long ago when Joel was like refusing to listen to Julia's anxiety about adopting their mm. son. And that's a good point. I don't right. think he's perfect. No. <laughs> no. I also wonder if maybe you're being tainted by how far Adam has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> that it kind of, but you but you look at Joel and you go, well, he's really still kind of holding up. Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. If it was like Christina meeting this guy instead, I'd be like, you know what, Adam? Maybe you should run away together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is an interesting point because, yeah, if, if Joel hadn't been holding up as well, maybe I'd entertain this a little bit more. You're right about the anxiety thing. I do think that's a, a good point. But I feel like we, in our conversations about Victor, we just kept coming down on the side of Julia's like flaking out and Joel That's can't. <laughs> you yeah, know? She, she had a huge problem there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting storyline for sure. And, and I do really love that they didn't just bring in some cookie cutter, stone cold fox mm-hmm. who you know, isn't funny and, and like, she's just attracted to like, like this is at least an interesting shade, yeah. but I don't know. I feel very defensive. 
I'm like, don't do this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just be his friend. If you're attracted, right. don't do it. It's also funny. Just that you mentioned the like his like physique again. On this show, he seems like a fat character. It's like, oh, that fat guy. <laughs> but he's but not. then there were se- there were several shots and it's like, oh my god, I would kill to be. I'm sure whatever his weight is. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I-, I would look so much better if I <laughs> had his body. So he just has but, a normal um, body. Yeah. He's just yeah. normal. He's also, he's 6'4". Really? Wow. I looked that up when I looked up. Uh, <laughs> Juilliard. Juilliard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's very tall. Yeah. yeah. Were you guys feeling as defensive as I was? Like, did that bother you? I mean, like, did you feel like this is not okay? Or were you like, at this point, it's completely innocent? Except, you know, Alicia, you mentioned the sort of flirting. No, yeah. I, I feel you on the defensiveness for sure. Because like I said, I, I do, I feel it from the get-go. Like, oh no, she's interested. Come on, please don't do this to your family. Come on, Julia. Yeah. So yeah, I, I felt like I was begging her in my head. Come on, just walk the other way. Walk mm-hmm. the other way, Julia. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Like none of us wanted to go down that road but i also don't feel that joel's being as supportive as he could be so mm. like i kind of see like why yeah. it's happening at least yeah i'm somewhere in the middle and maybe it's because i don't remember super well where this actually leads how far it actually goes it definitely feels flirty to me but at this point in time i feel mostly like just be on on guard mm-hmm. be on alert this could be nothing. Yeah. Like if you keep it in check, mm-hmm. it could be friendly. And yeah, maybe it starts a little flirty and then you find the parameters and you stay within them. But I think if if it goes unchecked, it could also lead somewhere where they do not want it to go or where they should not want it to right. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's something I also find interesting is like to what degree is something flirty? Like... People have thought before that I have been flirty when I think it's just sort of my natural personality of being sort of like giving my full attention when I'm talking to you. (laughs) I don't know. And like being sort of bubbly, I guess, or something. And there are some people who I think are a little full of themselves and they think that like people are just throwing themselves at you all the time. I don't know if that makes sense. So I'm like, hmm, to what degree was Ed being flirty? You know, or I do, I think that sort of thing is really interesting. Like, is that just his normal personality? He's like real friendly and amiable to everyone and like sort of jokes. We don't know him that well, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I thought that is interesting too, because it's very gray right now, I think. Like, and, and I don't really blame Julia for not being like immediately like, oh, gotta stay out of that situation. (laughs) You know, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like, oh, full alert at this point. Yeah, I would totally buy that. That's just his like status quo with everyone. Yeah. Mainly because like at at this point, he literally just met Julia and is like, yeah, can can you watch my kids while I'm getting their lunch? So like he seems like the kind of guy who's just like, you know, has no problem walking up to a stranger and starting a conversation and immediately, you know, becoming friends with them. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any like thoughts at this point in his mind like, oh, Look at this fox. I'm gonna, you know, uh, <laughs> this is I'm my move. Start, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> give her my best game right now in the at the sign up line. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he also like mentions his wife like twice at least, I think. And yes, I think that's more yes. than she mentions Joel. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. He isn't even in this episode. I know that You're made right. me yeah. nervous. Yeah. yeah. 
that gave me like Hank flashbacks to when he started being in the episodes and Mark wasn't. I'm like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Might be another reason why I'm not on board. I'm very defensive Mm -hmm. of all these interlopers. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) To elaborate on what you said earlier, Melissa, about when affairs, be they emotional or physical or both, are depicted between someone less attractive than the other, or at least presented that way. Less conventionally. Yeah. It reminds me of an an old stand-up routine I saw of Bill Mars, where he talked about, it's not about young or old or fat or thin or whatever. It's just about old and new. You know, men want new women the way women want new shoes. I have perfectly good shoes, but I don't want those shoes. I want new (laughs) shoes. Do you think Bill Maher likes to say it like it's true of all men so that it's really just maybe true of him? Anyway, sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Could be. Yeah. Yeah. But I I always thought it was a good point. Yeah. Because it does seem like, well, why would you leave someone better looking for someone less attractive? And it's not about that. I don't think. I think it's about that experience, those butterflies Mm. that we talked about recently. Like, oh, this just feels new and exciting. And I feel... Like I'm a big deal to someone rather than old news to someone. And I feel like he kind of gave her that the first little twinge of him kind of drawing of Ed drawing Julia in. Do you notice where they were running down the school hallway to do the signups? Yes. And he and they're like racing and he goes, Oh, you're in good shape or something like that. And she goes, yep. Oh, thanks. I was like, Oh, yeah. ooh, he's uh he's mm. hitting on her a little <laughs> tiny bit. Even if he didn't mean it as hitting on, even if that's just his personality being friendly or whatever she very easily could have taken that as oh someone is noticing me there's that butterfly that you're talking about like oh someone's saying I'm in shape huh okay and it's super believable because she is uncharacteristically insecure right now because she's not doing the thing that makes her feel confident which is working and so and they're bonding over like you said Caleb yeah yeah Yeah. it's also like the first twinge of maybe there's someone in this environment I don't really want to be in who will see me and identify with me and I can get through yeah with their help Mm -hmm. yeah doesn't bode well no it doesn't but I can't help but think that this was Joel you know in season one And Joel, again, not perfect. I do remember that Raquel like kissed him, which is interesting, but I don't, I honestly don't think Joel was ever interested in Raquel. And I think he was like always doing his best, I think, to navigate that. And I mean, Joel is conventionally attractive and I'm sure that he was hit on probably a lot because, you know, Joel and now Ed, I think are kind of rarities in that they are the stay at home dad and there aren't that many of them. And so mm-hmm. like Joel was just surrounded by women, I imagine, who found him attractive all the time. And he, you know, didn't think, well, let me confide in this person about how hard this is. I miss my my old job. And I think I just like to turn the table sometimes and think like, well, are you treating someone the way that you were treated? I don't know. Right. I wonder if she feels like she can't confide in Joel about it because maybe she feels like she put him in that position. Because she was, you know, getting her law career started. And and he, you know, he even said, I don't remember what episode it was. At some point, you know, he references how he was the one who stayed at home so many years so that she could go and go and work. And now it's his turn to work. And he just needs to be able to have his chance to do that. So that kind of rift there might be preventing her from connecting at that point. Wow. I think that's very I'm also just feeling a harsh, like, side note right now. 
about like the fact that you and I are, are two full-time working parents. I'm a little bit jealous, <laughs> jealous <Yeah>. that <laughs> like, Hey, wow. We're, we're not going to have that conversation of whose turn it is to go to work. Like no. we both just have to work. No. <laughs> so uh must be nice to have their kind of uh, those kinds of careers. Right. <laughs> I mean, geez, <laughs> that just hit me. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Not to mention their house is beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can afford it on one of their salaries. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Whatevs. Yeah. No, yep. completely. It, and it is, it is interesting. I, I, I am excited about where this will go, even though I also feel like sort of sick about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move over to Jasmine and Crosby. Oh mm. yeah. The yeah. first thing I noticed in this episode is that when Jabbar goes into Jasmine and Crosby's bedroom, Jasmine is wearing a headscarf. And it reminded me of when she was on Dax Shepard's podcast she talked about when do you say something to writers on a show about racial or cultural authenticity and say like, oh, you know, black people wouldn't say this. I'm going to say this instead or something. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned headscarves as an example of that. The show she's talking about in this clip is not Parenthood. I believe it is the show she was on more recently for life. One thing. Yeah, tell me. And and this was amongst the all the black people on the show, mainly the black women. Black woman characters. Yeah. When we're going to sleep, we're not wearing our headscarves. Black women do wear their headscarves to protect our hair, keep it yeah. nice and soft and and also like, you know, a silk scarf or a satin scarf, you know, it's just good keeps the, you know, the yeah. hair moist. Yeah. But I was saying about keeping it real, right? Real accurate. We were like scarves in these scenes because <laughs> you're not really going to do that on TV but in real life uh-huh. all of us are wearing our freaking headscarves mm. we'll I see. mean you, you can do it on TV but we didn't but we recognize that like if we're going to bed I wear my headscarf it just made me so happy that in this scene she, she was wearing the headscarf yeah. Yeah. I love his podcast by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys talked about it the first time you were on and I hadn't really listened to it much and now I do listen to it quite a bit and it's great yeah yeah, he's yeah. a great interviewer he is awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. He really makes you see, like, see, you could think Dax Shepard was hitting on absolutely everyone on that. Like, oh, yes. Men included, because he just yeah, gives them his undivided attention. It seems like attention. mostly men. He idolizes <laughs> yeah. a lot of men on his yes, podcast. That's true. <laughs> he oh. entices Jabbar in this episode with ice cream again. <laughs> I had to mention that, too, while I'm talking about kind of random things. Jabbar's lactose intolerant. Can you I mean, grow out you, of that? You can. I was going to say, can you grow out of it? Yes, actually. We'll have to remember to ask our next guest about it. Her daughter grew out of that. So oh. perhaps perhaps Jabbar did as well. And it's Isn't not it, a mistake. Don't they also have, like, you can take something right before you eat ice yeah. cream and yeah. it kind of like negates the effects. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. I would do that. I'm, I'm not giving up ice cream. <laughs> well, I hope they did that before they went to Italian Kitchen. <laughs> so what's everyone's take on the restaurant scene? I mean, oh. I think Crosby could have handled it a little more calmly. <laughs> but I shared his outrage. Yeah. Uh, of course no one likes a crying baby, least of all the baby's parents. Yeah. But do people really ask families to leave? No. I mean, has no. that ever happened to you? This, no. This was the most unbelievable scene I've ever seen. Yeah. Apparently. For me. <laughs> like, what about like, when Santa disappeared? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Continue. It was the 
percentage of people in the restaurant giving them the stink eye yes. and complaining it was like literally they 98%. were in the middle and every single table surrounding them and every row of tables in the restaurant were all staring at them yeah that does not happen and and most of those tables were people that also had children so like yeah. older children but they presumably had been in that situation at some point and thus would have hopefully had a little sympathy. Like, <laughs> I think in that situation, if there's a crying baby, there might be one table of like some old crotchety people who are going to complain. Yes. But the entire restaurant is not going to complain and have them removed. No, no, absolutely not. And and my whole take on it, I felt uncomfortable for Jasmine's sake because yeah. I've, I've been in that situation many times with a, a screaming infant and you're trying to feed them. You're trying to nurse in public, which which is stressful in itself. Like she said, what'd she say? Like, I got my boob hanging out in yeah. a restaurant. <laughs> I'm the one with my boob hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, girl, I, I understand for sure. But to be honest, when that has happened to me in the past, I'm out of there. I'm like, I got to go feed this baby in the car because she's screaming. Everyone around us is upset about that. It's not helping us to feed any easier, you know? Yeah. So I'm honestly like, I'm out. I'm going to go sit in the car. You guys finish up here. So I felt like, come on, Jasmine, like, what are you doing? Not that I don't want her to enjoy her meal, but she's not. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'll have to leave anyway. Right. That's true. Might as this well was... go be comfortable in your car. <laughs> this was supposed <laughs> or... to be a special thing for Jabbar. And it's, I guess it still right. kind of could have been. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, oh, she could have left and just said, you know what? You and daddy hang out here. This baby's too upset, you know? So that's wow. how I felt. <laughs> Man, I, I thought... Yeah, I, I actually wrote it in my notes and I wrote it like so many times. I feel like I don't usually, but I was like, let's ask the parents. You know? <laughs> like, and so Caleb, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm like, this did not feel real. But then at least the waiter was like apologetic and nice about it. And Crosby, like I could see being upset, but the way he kept like just tossing like dishes I into that. This up. This up. Yeah. <laughs> you love that. Yeah, you don't want to box that up. Yeah. No, I took that as he was he was taking everything that he felt about that poor little baby and projecting yeah. it on this situation. Like he's so mm. frustrated about the lack of sleep and how the baby's hard to feed and yada yeah. yada. And he's like, Well, gosh, you know what? Just freaking throw in the towel of having a baby. Like, what did he say to Jabbar in the scene prior? Jabbar's like <laughs> I thought having a baby was fun. And he goes, yeah, it's not. They're not. <laughs> I did think Crosby was very funny in that episode, this episode, like that line right there. Yeah. And then at the end when he, he you know, yeah. Jamar's like, it hurts my ears. He's like, it hurts my bones. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. yes. Were either of your babies big criers? Like, did you have any tough infants? Yeah. I mean, they both, they, neither of them would be what people would call an easy baby. Yeah, but I don't know. They also weren't like they weren't problem children. Extreme. Yeah. No, no. I uh, mean, it could be worse. I guess you would call them average babies. <laughs> Moderate babies. Yeah. Oh, high, yeah. yeah, we had our times. We had rough times, but like overall, overall, they still meet made like parenting a pleasant experience in the mm -hmm. beginning. I, that's why we did it a second time. And then we decided, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and see. Well, while we're asking the parents, let's deviate from this episode just briefly. Cause Melissa and I had a question last episode mm. when Aida was 
brand, brand new, and it didn't even have a name yet. And she would not stop crying, and they were both sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. And Jasmine hands her off to Crosby at one point, and he says, I'm sure you're going to be the best thing that ever happened to me someday, but right now I just really hate you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And more Melissa than me, but (laughs) me too, it hate our ears Ooh, like, that yeah. seems harsh yeah, that's, <laughs> have, that's a bit oh, is that harsh to you oh, oh absolutely yeah yeah, that, no. yeah i can't imagine saying that but it's something more along the lines of right now i just really need a break from you for yeah a little bit. <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's very crosby-esque right to be that extreme and dramatic like <laughs> yeah. this kid's driving me crazy i hate you like mm-hmm. oh i could never i could never say that but um the you know, it's occurring to me now and i can't believe it didn't last week when we were discussing this but because Crosby missed out on the first five years of Jabbar's oh, life, yeah. mm-hmm. I wonder if he this. had an extra romanticized oh. version. Of, oh, it's just yeah. going to be mm-hmm. tweeting birds and daisies. And, yes, he yeah. had no idea. And instead yeah. of what it really is, which yep. is often grueling. Right, because yep. I'm sure with Jabbar, all he thinks about are like the beautiful milestones that yeah. he missed out on yeah. and was just envisioning yeah. those with Aida and right. not the things that come with it. <laughs> That's such a good point, you guys. Oh, I didn't even think of it that way, but you're mm-hmm. so right. Yeah, the hate comment, I said, like, I could even see, like, maybe feeling some version of that, but to, like, actually say it, like, it felt like, I think I said last week, it feels like a bad thing to put into the world. Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. you, like, I don't know. There was something about it that felt jarring, like, too And, like, too is much. she going to somehow absorb that? Like, my father hated me when I was a kid. Yes. I just know it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gosh, we carry so much with us from the time we're born all through infancy. Like, that's where, like, trauma can can really start. <laughs> I don't mean to dr- be dramatic, but really, like, what is what happens in infancy and then into being a toddler is so important. So, I, my heart breaks a little bit for baby Aida and her, her bond, like the bonding mm-hmm. is so important and it's lacking. Like Crosby talks about that, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm waiting for this bond to happen and he can't feel it or he doesn't think that he feels it, but it's so important for that baby to feel it. So at least Jasmine, you know, is she's got her heart and soul in with that baby. So mm-hmm. well, to me, that feels a, like a line that Dax Shepard might have improvised in the moment. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And he did not have kids of his own at that point. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Maybe now he'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have improvised that. Yeah. Do you think that it is, quote unquote, like typical to feel a real insane bond with your child right away? Or do you think that a lot of people don't or do you think it's what Caleb said that he just had this really romanticized idea of it like like the way we romanticize like when you meet the person you're going to end up with it like oh I just knew it was love at first sight and it, right. which I think is very unrealistic you know no, to expect I, that. I think that it is kind of made up to be a lot more instant like and people really talk about that like as soon as you hold that baby you know you've never felt a love more strong and like well, it's so hard to explain it because once you go through like the birth of your child, you're feeling so many physical sensations. Yeah. And obviously the emotional part of it is huge, but it's, it's not love that you feel immediately. It's for me, it's more biological. Yeah, it is (laughs) biological. It's relief. It's like, Whoa, 
oh my gosh, that I just went through that. Oh, wow. Now it's like shock. Oh my gosh, she's here. And I have to care for this little being. And then we get to the love and the amazement of, wow, she's incredible. She's this person that just, you know, we just created and she's here. And then you're falling in love with her as you, as you bond and as you get to know her. But I don't, I don't know that it is like instantaneous. I, I don't know. I feel like there is, there is a degree of something that's in, instantaneous, but like what you feel in the coming weeks and months and years is that times a thousand or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It just grows and grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My imagination, purely my imagination <laughs> makes me think I would, I would imagine I would feel like duty or responsibility yes. like mm-hmm. the baby is so vulnerable and yes. in your arms and you're like oh you are my yes. charge like if something happens to you it's my fault yes. that i let it happen to you Oof. and i'm gonna move heaven and earth to mm-hmm. make sure you're okay wow. which yeah. would be love a kind of love yeah. right right but i could see that it maybe wouldn't be the same kind of specific love you would feel towards a person yeah Mm -hmm. because you don't know there's there's zero personality at the beginning beginning right like say first couple days of life (laughs) they're they're just kind of a little potato and they're just like learning how to live outside of a womb so they they're just (laughs) this being like you said Caleb that you have to care for and that feeling is so intense Mm -hmm. but it does grow into love and I feel like where Crosby is at at this point in the baby's life, like it's got to happen soon, right? Like, come on. I, yeah. And I think that he he's not giving himself enough credit also because I think that he he is showing love for her. He's just not recognizing it. Mm. And it, mm. I feel it in like the little throwaway moments of like when he's holding her, you know, like he's holding her with love. He's mm. not like, oh, get this baby away from me, you know? Yeah. He wants her to sleep. He wants her to eat. He's concerned. So he, he does love her. He just doesn't realize it yet. That's how I see it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, when you mentioned relief, I had a flashback to the last episode you were on for when Zoe was giving birth (laughs) and she says a couple times, like, I'm going to die. This baby is going to kill me. And she's not joking. Yeah. It is super serious. Yeah. And then when she held her baby, she did feel some kind of bond. You mentioned relief. I thought if she was really worried she was going to die, which is not a ridiculous belief, mm-hmm. I you would feel relief. Like, hey, thanks for not killing me. Yeah, I survived. <laughs> I literally survived uh, this. I survived, and now I don't have to worry about that anymore. Now yes. I can just take in this baby. Wow. Yes. I oh. think it is. I think, honestly, that that describes birth in a nutshell, like this primitive sense of, oh my gosh, what's happening? Here we go. We're getting through birth. And then the moment it's over, it is like this feeling of, oh, wow, I did that. That's incredible for me. Now you, <laughs> little tiny peanut, now we move on to caring about you. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a wild shift for sure. Wow. It's fascinating. And do you think it's true that you start forgetting how bad it was, like as soon as it's over. You do. I've heard that before. Like if people okay. really remembered <laughs> he's, he's laughing how bad birth was, they would never have a second. Yeah, my she loves talking to people about how bad her 
birth experiences yes. were. So <laughs> like, I don't know how much she forgot about no, it. <laughs> I, I sort of have a little bit of PTSD about my births. I relive it all the time. And I love telling people my stories as traumatic as they were. And I love listening to other women's stories. Wow. Other people have given birth. It's just something that I, I like. It's a topic I'm interested in. It's a fascinating topic. Yeah. And you know what, Caleb? I think that women are different with what they forget and how much and how quickly because like our moms and they're from obviously a different generation so that's a part of it too I think that so my moms in the 80s and 90s were maybe a little bit more like rough around the edges you could say compared to moms now because I don't know I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where you're going with that one. So I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it to you. But but I I feel like they they were like, yeah, it was it was rough, but that's just what it was. And we did it and we got through it. Yeah. Do you mean like lived a rougher life? Like because I think that about my mom. She, you yes. know, she never had um any drugs Whoa, with her birth. Really? I mean, she just yep. three natural births. Yep. And I don't, I don't think they were available or at least not like widely available. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Caleb. Yeah. And she never, like, I, I could never get her to elaborate on how painful it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would say like, yeah, it hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like, of course, what did you think? But I'm not going to like go on and on about it. Yeah. But I also think my mom's whole childhood and, and life was just rougher than how I grew up. Yes. You know, she grew up on a farm. She grew up the yeah. youngest of eight children. She was working in a way, you know, daily in a way mm-hmm. that I've probably never honestly wow. worked in my life, like yep. hard physical work. Yeah. And yeah, there just was not as much concern about, are you comfortable? Do you no. safe? Do you? It's like, uh, my, mom do legit, do? my mom legit like immigrated to the United States when she was eight years old, you know, wow. like on a boat, like from Holland. Yeah. She's just like, you know, and then, yes. Yeah, and, and she, she's big into saying things like, like, <laughs> I, I think it's sort of funny because we, she and I are just very different on this, but I think you're totally right, Alicia. It's such a generational thing. My mom's like, people share too much on social uh. media you know she's uh. like she's like people talk about their births and post photos <laughs> and she's like that's a very private moment <laughs> you know and, and, so, and so i think my mom is also just sort of like um it was fine it was what we needed to do to bring children into the world which is what women are here to do because mom and i have you know i don't have kids and so you know that was the whole thing but yeah i mean i think that that's that's interesting i think now there's a real shift to be very open about it right like yes this is hard we should yes. tell people that it's hard yes <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yep i love i love how open women can be now you know yeah. that it was a lot more taboo years ago you know so I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Another question I had for you in this episode, Crosby, I thought very perceptively made sure to check in with Jabbar about mm-hmm. how Jabbar was feeling in his place in this new family. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have concerns when you had your second baby about how your daughter would feel and were you giving her enough attention? 
Yeah, but I think it's I think it was different though because of Jabbar's age. Yes. Like he's much older than our our daughter was three when our son was born. So it's like Mm. it's a very different type of thing. Like Jabbar is very much old enough to understand that I'm not getting what I need because of this baby mm-hmm. and can kind of create almost an adversarial relationship between him and the baby. Right. Whereas like a three-year-old can't really put that together as clearly. Right. And I felt that exactly when, you know, they're in this scene where Crosby's trying to, he just laid the baby down and Jabbar's oh, yeah. blaring his TV, bouncing his basketball and, and Crosby's, you know, he gets, raises his voice, like, you know, I just said, be quiet, whatever he's saying. And Jabbar's like frustrated, clearly, because like you said, he's, he's not getting what he needs, which is attention, yeah. but he's able to quickly turn around and, and he's old enough to realize, all right, fine. Well, I guess I'll get, you know, my special dinner later or whatever. But thinking back to like when our daughter was three with a newborn at home, oh boy, there were so many meltdowns mm. the year that she was three when we had an infant. She, it That's was also so just hard. part of being three. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm trying our, to say. Our son is three now. Yes. And I'm not, there's I'm not no baby. There's no baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. very much a three major. He is. Yeah. He's a sour patch kid right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But, but Riley, our daughter, like she just, she did the best she could but there was just a lot of um, tantrums because she didn't understand the way that Jabbar can understand, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I loved how Crosby handled that when, when he says, I hate you. Like, I mean, yeah. isn't this interesting? He says the very same thing Crosby said oh. to Aida. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's Jabbar wasn't around. He didn't hear that. I, I'm sort of joking, but I do think that it, like when Jabbar says that, Crosby handles that so well. He doesn't take it personally and he is really able to just pull him back and, and redirect him. I, I mean, I feel like my feelings would be so hurt that I might escalate instead of, you know, de-escalate as he that's does. A, that's a pro move yeah. for Crosby right there yeah. because yeah. like our kids will say that occasionally mm-hmm. when they're really mad mm-hmm. and it is very hard not to be like, well, you just broke my heart and I'm not going to talk to you for the next hour. <laughs> That's yeah. how I would feel. But yeah, yeah. What, what do you do instead? Do you just say, well, she's she much better than I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know. I just don't give it a ton of attention because like they're you realize they're caught up in the moment and they're they're either six or three years old. So you just you can't you can't give it a lot of weight because it's just yeah. it's not true. Yeah. And even if, if it is true for a hot second they'll move on. They're going to forget yeah. the argument, you know, within 10 minutes and they'll move on to something and then they'll love you and be all over you hugging and kissing. So, And, and even if it is true, like, what does it truly mean to hate someone to a three-year-old? Yes, like, exactly. They don't, they don't understand the truth of that word. No, yeah. No. That's a good point. I thought in that moment that it was a nice sign of Crosby had maybe gotten better. Like he had learned some lessons about being a parent Mm -hmm. that he knew Jabbar is not really saying, I hate you. Yes. He's saying, I'm upset with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that if he was able to like, let's sit down and discuss (laughs) what what are you really mad about? And why do you hate me? Jabbar doesn't hate him. He's just frustrated. I want to watch my show. We were going to go to the park. Now you're going to take a nap. What gives? Yeah. Is this baby done to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what did you think, you know, 
Crosby told Aida that he hated her. <laughs> and then he he has this scene, which I thought was precious at the end with Jabbar. Do you think he went too far in sort of bad mouthing <laughs> Jabbar's sister behind his back? You know what a jailbreak is, right? A jailbreak? No. Yeah, jailbreak, where dad signs his kid out of school for a couple hours and mom doesn't know and then they keep it a secret, you know? <laughs> like, let's say I was the dad in this scenario and you were the son. Okay, yeah. I broke you up because I want to admit to you that we have been focusing on your sister a lot lately, and I know you've been feeling like a second-class citizen, and I'm sorry. Yeah, she cries a lot. Yeah, she cries all the time. It hurts my ears. Yeah, it hurts my bones. We always have to be quiet because she's always sleepy. I know. She's the worst. She's the worst we've got. Yeah. And that's our place. That's your nice clubhouse. We're supposed to be in there having fun and cutting up, but no. We gotta tiptoe around or the baby will wake up. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Me either. But you know what? We're not at home right now, and we don't have to be quiet. <laughs> what does that mean? What's that smell? Do you smell that? No. Father-son jam session? Yeah. Huh? What do you want, the drums or the guitar? The drums. Yeah, drums. It's so cute. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, a nice moment. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. But I think who who was it? Melissa, were you talking or Caleb? Maybe how he just he might have crossed the line. He might have gone a little too far. She's the worst. I like, wondered. Oh no, we're supposed to be talking up our baby sister and like, yeah, she <laughs> cries, but we still love her. <laughs> Come on. I think that's what I was. I mean, I I'm not critiquing him too hard, but I did wonder. I think I just wanted it tempered just a little. So like I. <laughs> This was like a 98%. <laughs> it would have been 100%, A+. Because one thing I really did like was that he was giving Jabbar room to express yes. some of the things that were frustrating him. Like, yeah, yeah she cries a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay to be annoyed by that. Yeah. And you should be able mm-hmm. to say that to your parents. You got to process feel like, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, denigrating the baby and then I'm in trouble. Right. But I wondered if did he agree a little too vigorously without saying like, yeah, but she's going to be great someday. You know, this is just this time. It was kind of like Crosby's typical like level of maturity, his (laughs) level of immaturity. Right. Like he's trying to he's trying to be an eight year old in this situation and relate to Jabbar as if he's, you know, his little buddy, his little friend. But I also feel like even if we think maybe that he went a little too far with it, it was really good of him to like meet Jabbar like right where he's at with the whole situation and really make him feel understood and like give Jabbar his own little special moment yeah 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 it's so funny Caleb before before you asked that question I was like what could possibly be wrong with that scene it's precious and listening to it I I the whole time I'm like yeah this is precious I even thought it was really good that when he says things like She's the worst. It's very obvious that he's kidding. Like, it's a really yeah. funny, you know, which it wasn't when he said he hated her, by the way. He didn't say <laughs> it with malice, but he was like, but right now I really hate you. I mean, it sounded like he meant it. But yeah. but I got to say, yeah, when I really realized why you were asking this, it was when he says, but you know what? And I really thought that was when he was going to say, like, Alicia, you know, some sort of like, but, you know, look at how amazing you were. Five years old, like my favorite person in the whole world. And she's getting closer to that every day or something. But instead it was, but you know what? We're not home right now with that (laughs) terrible sister of yours. (laughs) Let's jam. (laughs) Let's jam. She's not around to ruin our lives. It's a good, I mean, 
You do have to be careful, I would imagine. I think giving him those moments are really important. But yeah, it could go too far. You could, you could like make it so that Jabbar is like, yeah, this is the sort of moment we had all the time before she got here. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like kids hang on to words. Like mm-hmm. Riley, our daughter, so often will quote us, you know, but but Ooh. dad said X, Y, Z. So <laughs> like if that was us, I could see Riley being like, well, dad said that Emmett is the worst. <laughs> Be like, uh-oh, <laughs> well, that, that has come kids, back. Kids mm. take things a little bit literally sometimes. So that's why I was like, oh, come on, Crosby. <laughs> yeah, that's a good When point. he does say at one point, it's the worst, I'm like, okay, that's better. But then he goes, she's the worst we've got. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, that's right. That's hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Although, honestly, if you were ranking the people in that family, Aida would be dead last night. <laughs> <laughs> what is she bringing to the table, really? She's not offering anything. <laughs> She's so helpless and dependent on everyone. She's offering more than Hattie right now. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. We are getting into the you. era where like Hattie is just never mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yep. a name we do not speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season four did a great job of like reminding us of her existence. That she's alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Season five is like, we're just moving on without her. Forget her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, where's that Skype? Mom's running for mayor. Dad, to be honest with me. Right, right. I feel like I need to stay home for this semester and really support you guys through this time. Anyway, none of those. I hope she at least supplied a mail-in ballot. Yeah. They could yeah. have that scene. Here's yeah. Hallie's What if ballot. she loses the mayoral race by one vote because Hattie didn't get an absentee yeah. ballot? <laughs> yes. Well, we had one, I would say, storylineette in this episode. Ah, yes. Which is Zeke and Camille and their dilapidated house. (laughs) I was a little unclear, maybe because I didn't care all that much. (laughs) Did they have to install a security system? Was that like a condition of them keeping their insurance on the house? That felt very strange to me. It seems like neither of them wanted a security system. They did mention the insurance company, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something about it. But it felt very made up for TV. I'm like, no. Is that a thing insurance companies do? Like, you got to get a security system for this I house. I can't imagine in the middle they of would require it, but maybe you could be offered a lower rate if you have a security system. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I felt like that was just a convenient plot point to get them talking about the actual issue yeah. of should they move. Have you ever thought about downsizing? Maybe. You know, moving to a smaller place. You mean like a retirement home? <laughs> retirement home? Well, I'm talking about a condominium. Mm-hmm. Close to museums, we could walk to restaurants. You know, we'd be surrounded by all that culture. Oh, yeah, whoopee. I don't care for the city, really. I kind of like it here. You love it here. And so do I. This house is a part of us. We raised our babies here. We made a lot of memories here. But, um, you know, let's face it. The kids don't come around half as much as they used to. Yeah, they do. And the guest house is standing there empty. Hey, come on, hey, we're here Sunday. What we do is putter around the house all day waiting for the mail to come. I mean, don't you ever want more? More what? Everything. Life. You know, if we were in a condo, you wouldn't be spending all your time fixing things. We could do stuff. 
we could have a little fun, travel, go places, have adventures, and we'd have the money to do it. I mean, this is it. See, this is the start of our act three. I just don't want to let it slip away. So you're saying you want to sell our house? I think we should talk about it. So Alicia, this is the moment when I thought of that stat ah. about only 7% of communication is verbal. Yeah. I wrote down, <laughs> note to self, when someone says, I think we should talk about it, don't turn your back to them and walk away. Ooh, <laughs> right. Which is what Zeke did. Yeah. Because oh. I thought, boy, that really sends a message of just, I don't care what you have to say. I'm not going to engage. You're not yep. worth it. Yeah. And I'm sure he wasn't thinking that. I, I'm sure it was just, this is the first time she's brought this up and he feels on the spot and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wanted to maybe retreat from what maybe felt like a confrontation. But I thought, gosh, she's really putting this out there. I'm sure she suspected it would not be an easy conversation. And he kind of, I thought, dropped the ball she was very lightly tossing mm-hmm. right yeah he um, wanted no part in that avoidance level 100 right like uh, just yeah. turning and that if back. he doesn't want to downsize fine but say why yeah, yeah. what Engage happened to the conversation i hear you i see, see you, you. Yes. yes but i don't want to leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think he heard her or so <laughs> No, I thought she made a lot of sense. Yeah, she's, Mm -hmm. I think, right. I mean, I shouldn't say right, because I think it would probably make sense to to stay. And, you know, they have a lot of big family gatherings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I even thought when when she was like, the guest house is just standing empty. I'm like, well... Sarah just moved out of it. <laughs> like yes. to be fair, and who knows? Let's wait until she screws up whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if Camille wants an art studio, why not turn, turn that into it? House, right? Art studio. Or yeah. if she's worried about you know wanting more income to travel, rent out your guest house. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that True. Berkeley real estate. And you know, market. these are yeah. all things yeah. that could maybe come up if he would talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good point. But maybe yeah. he will. This really felt like it felt like. The storyline in this episode, by far, with the least amount of time devoted to it. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, oh, it's going to continue. Like, oh, for this sure. This is a seed. Right. Right. I really love this storyline. I think it's very realistic. And, you know, some people, we've talked about it, they don't love the super realistic storylines because they find those almost boring. But I think they're my favorite. Like, the ones that just make me think, like... Yeah, that's the kind of talk you would have if you have mm-hmm. you have a house big enough for four children, and then you know they're all past grown. And yeah, Zeke's what in his seventies, just fixing shit all the time. Like it totally makes sense to downsize, but I can see why that to him would feel almost emasculating or something. Like right. this is the house I worked for, and you know raised a family in, and now I. Like, it almost seems like a put out to pasture kind of thing to go live in a, you know, condo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was his first thought was like some retirement community. And she had to be like, no, 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 not that. But he might think, what's the difference? I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's incredibly realistic and I think relatable to so many people. Like, Mm -hmm. my parents are going through this exact thing. Like, they have a big house with a humongous yard. Like, eight acres of land and my mom has been ready to leave (laughs) 
And my dad is not even close to being ready to leave. Like they, Mm. they built that house. And like, I've told her, like, I have memories of my dad, like falling asleep, sitting against the wall after he just finished painting, you know, the great room (laughs) at 1230 in the morning. And so like to him and, you know, and to me and my sisters, like that house has so much of his own work in it. Like, I can't imagine him leaving it, but at the same time, like, like with Camille, all of the concerns and points she has are absolutely valid. And the same would be said of my mom. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't need to take care of this big house anymore or the big yard, but also my dad's concerns are also valid. So Mm -hmm. it's a very hard situation. Yeah. Yeah. It does make me think how interesting just house sizes, like to me anyway, just in general, my husband and I bought a house when we weren't sure if we were going to have kids or not. So it was a pretty big house. And once we decided we weren't, I was like, this is just too big. It's a lot to take care of. But we loved it and it was fine. And then when we moved towns, when we moved to the town that we live in now, we were like, okay, our decision is made. We know it's just us and the dogs. And we bought a much smaller house. And I love it in ways that I can't even quite express, but it feels sort of like freedom to me because yeah, Mark um, mows the lawn and half the time it used to take him. And if we have to clean the house before going somewhere, it takes no time at all. It, it just feels like our time, like, like Camille said, our time is totally ours. But, you know, I know a lot of people with kids who feel the opposite. They feel very hemmed in in their small house and they're like, oh, my God, we need a bigger house. This is driving us crazy. And so I think it's really important, I think. And and also there's a lot of privilege involved here that you get to sort of have a home that like fits your exact life, you know. And yeah, anyway. And I guess yeah. they're figuring out what their life is. I love that whole idea of like, this is our act three. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. I just can't imagine them giving up. We're, we're obsessed with their yard. Oh, yes. Yeah. We love that. Beautiful. Yeah. That's we want true. That. I really, this rewatch has made, has made me reformulate my dream house. I'm like, there will be fairy lights outside yes. in the backyard. Course. And, right? and if I can possibly get it, there will be like room to eat yeah. uh-huh. meals outside. Yes. Yes. It's funny though, Melissa, you talking about house sizes. I've also felt lately a changing, a, a transformation, no, an evolution ah. of my dream house in my mind. I always dreamed of a giant house, even though I don't know if I will have kids. I'm not anywhere close to getting married or anything. But I, even so, I thought, even if it's just me, I want a giant house where people can come visit and can come visit mm. all at once. And there's a giant gathering. And even when I knew it was impractical, it's like, well, how often could that happen? I mean, once a year max. Yeah. And most of the people <laughs> who I imagine coming to visit don't even live in this time zone. <laughs> so, you know, it would be a very special, rare thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to have a giant <laughs> house. And I think part of it was the whole concept of even owning a house yeah. for so long was just so far out of reach. I was nowhere near it. And I'm still not really... But I'm debt free now. Yeah. You know, I don't have any student loans to pay. And I think if I ever really get a, a good paying, steady job, I will start accumulating money and yeah. then I will be close to buying a house. Am I going to not buy a house for years? 
while I wait to be able to afford that a mansion dream house. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, I wouldn't. I would just get something that's small, especially having lived in apartments so long. Oh yeah. A small house will be so much more space yes. than yep. the apartment I'm living in now. And the apartment I'm in now is actually pretty big as apartments go in apartments, New York. Yeah. But it's, you know, two rooms. <laughs> that's it. So anyway, yeah. this doesn't really relate, but it's on my <laughs> mind and I never told anyone. <laughs> nice. And I actually think it kind of does because, I mean, whatever age you are, you're our age or, or Zeke and Camille's, you, where you spend your time, where you live, yeah. I, it really like says something about you, I think. I think part of the reason I liked living in this smaller house as opposed to, I always felt slightly uncomfortable in the bigger house, like like it didn't quite suit me or something. And I feel like I'm just in a place that really suits me now. And mm-hmm. it's like kind of unassuming and, and I like that. And I think that Zeke, it's about identity, like for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's why he walked away from her. It, it's like, you're asking me to be someone else. You're asking me yeah. to be a person who lives Renounce in a condo. Identity. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it makes perfect sense. Real quick though, do you two like where you live? Like, does it feel like <laughs> right for oh. you and your family? So mm, we're <laughs> outgrowing it with children. Yeah, we are yeah. outgrowing it. We know that we will move at some point, but we talk about it like almost on a daily basis. Like, wow. I, f- I feel very attached to our house emotionally, but yeah. from a practical standpoint, it drives us bananas. Yeah. Like our kitchen is so tiny for, for the four <laughs> of us and our dog, you know, and anytime we try to have a birthday party, some sort of gathering, like everyone's just on top of each other. You can't get into cabinets. So the kitchen is just one of like a hundred <laughs> problems with our dear house. But like, this is where we brought our babies home too. And they yeah. had their first steps and like, it's, so it's an emotional thing for yeah. me, but we're definitely, we can't stay here forever. <laughs> like Boy. fantasy scroll Zillow. Oh yeah. Daily. <laughs> we have a list. We have like a list. Like you're talking about privilege. We're so lucky. So we're so blessed to be able to say in our next house, here are the things that mm-hmm. we have to have, like our must haves. Yeah. And, and I think we can make a lot of those a reality, which we're just so fortunate to be able to say, but that's, that's at the point where we are like, okay, yeah. let's start thinking, what do we want in the next house? And we talk about it like a lot, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, the market is crazy. Yeah. So, this is not the time to buy a house. So this is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that on your spinoff real estate podcast. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> How did you know that that was the next thing? <laughs> Oh, it's like you're in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> well, final storyline in this episode, Amber's engaged. Oh, oh Amber. Yeah. Oh, Amber. I was really very moved at the warm reception Ryan got from the entire Braverman family. I mean, even before they announced the engagement. Yeah. It just seemed like everyone had some kind of relationship with him or knew that he was really significant in Amber's life and they were happy that he got home safe. And I just think about when we met him and he was back from a tour Mm -hmm. and he had no one. Now he has this giant house full of people. Oh, that's beautiful. I thought in this whole episode, he seemed in a much better place. Yeah, for sure. Than he was in all of season four. And, And I thought, well, maybe that's a... I'm sure that's largely because of his relationship with Amber Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the work that he did on his own that he said he did. Yeah. I especially loved Zeke saying welcome home to Mm. him 
because it felt like not just welcome back to your country, but that in Zeke's house, no. he's home. Yeah. Oh, Ryan that, is home. That's oh, that's beautiful. nice. And I'm like, oh, it's like the Olive Garden. In here, you're all his family. <laughs> oh, man. But it made it me is. wonder, how did you guys announce your engagement oh. to your family or your oh. friends? Were there ever any big um, well, moments? Or? We were in New York. So our family, what, like we couldn't do a, um, like a, you know, a big in-person announcement. So. Yeah they all were told over the phone which mm-hmm. is a little i guess less exciting but yeah we weren't going to wait to tell them no yeah no. yeah and now looking back it's sad cuz i'm so used to like facetiming for big announcement type things mm-hmm. you know if you need to but we didn't even have that yet we just literally talked on the phone guess what we're engaged yeah, <laughs> yeah. and my parents knew because he had talked to my dad ahead of time. Yeah, and my parents oh. knew as well. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knew, but just, yeah, making it official. And nobody was surprised. Like, our engagement happened. Let's see. We had been together for, I think, seven years. Seven years. So all of our friends were just kind of like. Waiting for it to happen. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and harassing us. Like, come on, when are you going to get engaged? And um, yep. And I might have harassed also, a little bit too. There was very much harassment <laughs> coming from her end as well. Yes. Was the engagement itself uh, a big planned thing or was it mm-hmm. It was. Spontaneous? It was. You'll, you'll appreciate this, Caleb. Mm-hmm. This is going to take us back to NYU. Yay. So <laughs> it was my first semester at NYU. That was grad school. So we had done, we had been long distance forever. Like we started dating two weeks before I graduated high school Mm -hmm. and she's a year younger than me. So then I went off to college. We stayed together. Then she went off to college at a different college. We stayed together all through that, even though we were separated. And then I moved to New York for grad school and she stayed in Ohio. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is happening. So, (laughs) so, and then I remember walking through Central Park because it, you know, I had just moved there and it was all like exciting to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I live in New York City now. And then I thought, oh, how cool would it be to propose in Central Park? So I remember I did an afternoon just like walking around trying to pick the spot. (laughs) And um, I ended up on Bow Bridge right near, um, uh, what's that fountain? What's it called? Bethesda? Yes. 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 Right there. So, so that was the plan. And, um, Friends of ours, Caleb, Drew, and Elaney. Yes. I had them on call that they would be notified when we were getting close because they were hiding in the trees near Bow Bridge with cameras. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so when I proposed just on the center of Bow Bridge, like amidst a crowd of people, yeah. Drew and Elaney are like off to the side, like snapping pictures. And they got some beautiful picture. Like it looks really staged, did. like how well they did getting pictures. I love of it. Our, our pictures. Yeah. yeah. Are, are those on Facebook? Can I go like spy are. on those? They okay. Are. I want to yeah. see you'll, those. You'll have to yes. scroll back to 2009 to yes. find them, but um, I'm in. I'll they're do there. It. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, yeah. it was very much planned out. And yeah. um yeah, for I would say a, a few months beforehand, she was harassing me about it. <laughs> it was, I was so convinced that it, it was just never going to happen. And I would say that to him, like, you're just never going to ask me to marry. <laughs> I actually said it one time we were out to eat with a friend and he had just bought my ring, I think. And like it was the day before. In his pocket. I, yeah, I might have had it on me. <laughs> and I was wow. like, you just 
you just don't even love me enough to marry you. And <laughs> oh, oh man. man, I was just giving him so much grief about it. But um, so now I feel kind of guilty, but uh, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> it worked oh. out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. Well, and I can, I can relate to the being together a long time. Cause I, we were together eight years when we got engaged. Cause we got married on our nine year dating anniversary, Aww. which I love actually, because my parents, um, crazily got married on their nine day uh, dating anniversary. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's a really nuts story where they, it's like, I don't, they eloped after oh being together gosh. for nine days. Yeah. They, they like, moved faster than Amber and Ryan. They did. Yeah, they yeah. did. I mean, Amber and Ryan look very um, yeah. <laughs> cool and calculated compared to that. But um, no, like, and, and it's kind of funny that you're talking about like this, this, moment in this place like Central Park like because um Mark and I actually went to Paris like a week before we got engaged and I remember like we went up to the top of the you know Eiffel Tower and I was like it's happening maybe (laughs) and then he was like all right I think we're ready to go down and I'm like all right (laughs) nope and then and then when he actually did ask it was like on my birthday, well, the night before my birthday, which Aww. was really lovely. And it, it was the night before my 30th birthday. This will come back because it'll be funny. And we, we were with our dog and it was like perfect. It was, you know, it was just in our living room. There Aww. are no pictures, but I'm okay with that. Like it was like just yeah. private. You know, my mom loved that. You know, it was a private moment. Um, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, the, what happened to us is we were going to just tell everyone the next day. But I decided to go ahead and call my mom like right after it happened. And my mom was like, come over, come over now. So we like went over to her house like the very night that we got engaged because she was so excited. Oh, so, that's nice. And then, I love that. And yeah. And then we just like called everyone else the next day on my birthday. That was fun. I got to just like yeah. spend my birthday calling people. But my mom was awesome. like, thank you for proposing to her while she was in her 20s still. And I was like, that's <laughs> oh. just so silly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, had Mark land on that day time place or was it he had more spontaneous he had planned that he was going to ask for my 30th birthday but he didn't know if he was going to do it the night before or the day of my birthday but it was kind of funny he was like well when do you want your present and I was like I want my present now (laughs) and he was like okay so in a way I guess I chose it because I wanted my present right there yeah you gotta have it now yeah Yeah. I love that But I didn't know what my present was. And I mean, honestly, I was really not thinking it because I'm like, if you didn't propose in Paris, like it's getting right. a it's, it's getting not gonna happen in the living room. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so and he was like, you know, I even thought about doing it there since we, you know, went on the big trip. But he's like, it just felt more us to do it in the living mm. room. And you know, it's funny. I think both would have been lovely in its own way. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then oh. that actually made it very hard to leave that house when we moved because oh. that was another yep. one of those memories. I'm like, yes, oh, mm. right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I love this hmm. debate in this episode between is it spontaneous or is it planned? Because I don't think either one is necessarily better under the right circumstances Mm -hmm. and yet in this scene between amber and sarah i think amber was definitely receiving a message that she felt included judgment so what's going on how are you good how are you good just you know dealing with major life changes like being engaged to Uh, be married to a man i know Mm -hmm. yeah hey (sighs) look at that big smile yeah are you 
Are you a little mad? No. Why? Are you sure? Yeah. You promise? Uh-huh. Okay. I just, uh, I don't know. I would understand if you were upset that I didn't tell you first. No, you were swept up in the moment. Of course I was. Family I mean, the whole moment. family was there, and Grandpa did his army thing. Grandpa. Who can resist? I can't. He kills me every time. But now you have to tell me all about it. Tell me every okay. minute. Well, so basically I went there to meet him, you know? And all these people were there to pick up their families and everything, and... <laughs> oh, God, it was so amazing. He just came over to me, and he got down on one knee, and it was so romantic oh and great and nice, and I... But so go back. So did he... Had he always planned, like, that was going to be the day? I don't really know. I haven't talked to him about it, so but, like, it was... So he was kind of maybe swept up in the... Just coming home and all the people there. That's how I picture it, right? Like, it's a um, crowd. I, I guess I was asking, did he... Was it, was it planned for that day? I'm just curious. Was it planned? Um, you mean, like, did he, did he have it written in his calendar that he was gonna... Well, it's not like, do you want to go to the movies? I, it's, you know, it's... I just no, am wondering. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, good, it was okay, obviously okay. planned. Yes, 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 okay. Like, I think we know that Sarah has opinions on Clearly. this relationship. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I honestly didn't think in that moment that she was deliberately trying to undermine the excitement. I It did seem like, oh, she's just looking for context, and... It, it felt different to me. Your stone faces make me think that maybe I'm the only one. Oh, I think it's clear that she's not. She's not on happy. board. No, I I agree. And now, only when you said on board, did I realize? Oh, that's why it's called this. Because I was only applying the title <laughs> oh. to Adam. Oh. I was only thinking, oh, Adam's not on board. Well, like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. yeah, Sarah's not. On, no one's on board. Um, Zeke's not on board. <gasps> Whoa. Thank you. Oh, man. Okay, I didn't even think of that. That's good. Maybe Jabbar wasn't on board. Oh, yeah. Having a baby, yep. And neither is Crosby. (laughs) I don't know how it applies to, well, Julia's not on board with sustainability, but at the end. (laughs) Save the world. (laughs) Guys, we just cracked the episode. We did. There it is. No, I I really thought that Sarah was... um, do, like actually trying to and and maybe not make her I don't think she was trying to make Amber feel bad but I think maybe it's somewhere in the middle like because Caleb you said she just wants context but I think in her mind she's like it's less legitimate if, if he was just caught up in the moment you know she's like they're real adults ready for something if he makes a plan and and that was the plan and they're just like kids who don't know what the hell they're doing if he just saw her and mm-hmm. proposed which it turns out is what he did. And yeah. 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 Although when Amber asks him questions about it, I mean, clearly her mom's voice yeah. mm-hmm. gained purchase somewhere yeah. in her mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. You know, last week, Melissa and I talked about this because they showed the proposal and I said, I would want someone who planned it out in advance, but I don't think that's the only right way yeah. to propose. And I thought what Ryan told Amber, which is, it was an easy decision to make and I saw you and I just kind of felt it and went with it. I thought that would be insufficient in my opinion, if they'd only been dating like a month or two, Mm -hmm. but they've been together a long time. We haven't seen a lot of it because the show was on hiatus. It was a big time jump, but they've been together like almost a year. I mean, maybe probably a year total, including before they took a little break Mm -hmm. and, And they've been through a lot together in that time. So much together. And so I thought when you have that and then someone says, I didn't know the day and time, but when I saw you, 
it felt right and I went for it and I don't question it. Yeah. I thought that's pretty romantic and it doesn't have to be impetuous and foolhardy. Yeah. I, I thought Amber could certainly spin it to be more romantic than if he had planned. I actually think it in some ways is more romantic and that might almost be the problem. Like maybe she's worried that it's only romantic and it's not also mm-hmm. a sound decision. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Totally. I think that's what Sarah is getting at when she's like, so he didn't just, you know, he didn't plan it out. It was just kind of spur of the moment. She wants, she wants Amber to think like, oh, well, maybe was this the right thing? I think she's totally trying to get Amber to question that a little bit because she's concerned. It's like a total mom concerny type moment. Like, I'm not sure about this guy given some of his history. And so now, whoa, you're getting married. I'm going to show some concern with the proposal itself. Yeah. Uncomfortable, but that's how, that's how my take on it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it leads to the classic conundrum of, yeah. Do you express your concern to someone about their prospective spouse or do you butt out? And in this episode, they give us two very clear-cut opinions from different men in Sarah's life. So we have Hank. You told me that that uh, your daughter was getting engaged. Yeah, she's getting married. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's what I heard. I just thought, as a friend, because that's what we are, <laughs> uh, you know, I thought I'd just come by, see how you're doing with it. Thank you. Yeah, we're just, um, very excited and um, happy for her. Oh. Well, good then. That's good, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I guess. Thank you. I know it's a little rushed. It just feels a little too soon. That's what it seems to me. And you know, I just I don't know him as well as I'd like to know him, and I I don't know what the hurry is. You know, they're so young. I feel like you know I don't know why they don't just move in together for a while. But uh, anyway, anyway. It's... Well, are you gonna talk to her about it? And say what? Say what you just said to me. No, I can't say that to her. She doesn't want to hear that from me. She's very touchy about my opinions. Well, so what? You know, just one of the biggest decisions of her life. You're going to let her do it? Come on, look, we both had crap marriages, very right? Crap. So I wish somebody would have talked to me before I walked down the aisle. You got to tell her the truth. So what if you piss her off? You're probably right. And we have Adam, Sarah's other lover. <laughs> hey, Amber, get married. How about that? Oh, Adam, I mean, what is that? Sarah, look, they're young. They're in love. I mean, Ryan is a great guy, but he... He's had some issues. Right. Who sometimes gets in fights and sometimes takes pills and... But isn't that in the past? I mean, he's dealing with the PTSD. Seems like he's doing all right. I don't know. I like him. I think he's a good guy. I like him too, but, you know, marriage. I just don't want to see her make a big mistake. It just seems too soon. Don't you think? Shouldn't I say something? Listen, here's why it's not a good idea, okay? You remember when you and Seth came home, announced you were engaged, and Dad flew off the handle, and then you guys got into a big fight, and you wouldn't talk to Dad, and then you and Seth eloped? Sarah, we didn't see you guys for a long time. I'm not Dad. Maybe Ryan isn't Seth, okay? Maybe he's got some issues, but maybe he can work through them. So let them, I'm just saying, don't do anything that's gonna drive Amber away. That's all I'm saying. If they're gonna get married, they're gonna get married. 
Who did you agree with, Hank or Adam, and <sighs> why? Ooh. Please show your work. <laughs> <laughs> Should I we make like, Caleb start? No, go ahead. Go I ahead, feel yeah. like I'm on Adam's side because Amber is clearly like strong-willed. She's going to do what she wants regardless yeah. of what opinion is foisted on her, I believe. So I kind of feel like I would side with Adam on this one. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes sense. We know, we know Amber's strong. We know love is strong when you're, you know, especially in your twenties and it's kind of like, does she need to just learn whatever is going to be of that relationship? Does she just need to experience that and, and learn on her own? And Adam very much would be of that mindset. Like, yeah, she's, she'll figure it out on her own. Right. And Hank's a little bit more black and white. Like, no, this is, this is not right. And you seem like you have a problem with it. You should speak up. Mm. It's so funny too, to hear you say that about Adam, because I think you're right. But also I think if it were Hattie getting engaged right now, he would absolutely not (laughs) take that position, Totally, which I think just exposes Adam's, I don't Maybe it's hypocrisy. I don't know. I think a lot of people would do that. It's not an indictment of Adam. Yeah. I think he's just able to it's, be. It's like easier. Yeah. You, he can be, be more. Yeah. When he's a, a step removed from the situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And which I think makes it good advice mm-hmm. that I think Sarah would maybe be too close to see. Because, yeah, ultimately, I think Adam is correct. But I don't know that I'd be able to do that. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I think, I think if I were being smart and rational and able to just like keep that in in mind the whole time, every time I talk to Amber, then yeah, I would do that. I, but, uh, no, there's no way I'd be able to, you know? And, and so I looked at that beautiful ending scene, you know, with, with Amber and Sarah, which was maybe my favorite scene of the whole episode. I looked at that beautiful moment as like, this is Sarah's best attempt. There's no way in hell this is lasting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. like yeah. this is her trying to be as supportive as she can be, but yeah. but that would be very hard to keep up if you truly thought someone were making a mistake. And even if you knew all my saying it's a mistake is going to do is push them closer together, yeah. it would still be very hard not to say anything. Sure. Right. So what's up? Well, I've been thinking. And I realize that there's a question I have that I haven't asked. Okay, sounds ominous. Is Ryan the man that you want to spend the rest of your life with? (laughs) Without a doubt in my heart, 100%. I love him. (laughs) And that's all I need to know. (laughs) Your dad and I got married in a courthouse. And on that day, I was wearing a a tragic skort. Oh, no. (laughs) And the couple in front of us had known each other for under a week. And I was happy, but wasn't the day I had pictured. With your permission, I would like to help give you the day that you pictured. (laughs) That honors 
how you feel about Ryan and how I feel about you. So, we're gonna look at these magazines. Oh God, Mom! <laughs> For a long, long time. And we're gonna look at all the dresses. And we, my friends, are gonna have an apple teeny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's plan your wedding. Okay. okay. <laughs> I agree. I thought she handled it perfectly. I felt like she actually managed to strike a decent balance between the two schools of thought. Mm -hmm. Like, because I thought she did provide an opportunity for Amber to confide any doubts that Amber was having. Yeah. By saying, is this sure? what you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. like, the, the, it's like, floor's open. Now's yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to say I told you so. I'm just going to listen and be supportive. And Amber said what she said. And then even then, Sarah slipped in a subtle warning, I thought, by saying, here's why I want to plan your wedding with you, because my wedding day was not very special. And it's like, I think Amber knows why it wasn't special, probably because it shouldn't have happened and, and the score. family was not on board. <laughs> and, and the, the tragic score. score. <laughs> <laughs> Which should be a band name, the tragic score. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, my favorite thing in Adam's advice to her was when he said, maybe Ryan isn't Seth. Yeah. Sarah says, I'm, I'm not dad. He says, well, maybe Ryan isn't Seth. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was guilty of it up to now too, of thinking this is, Seth happening all over again and but it's it's like human nature mm -hmm. to look for patterns yes. and look for connections yep. and it's explicitly something that we try and do on the podcast <laughs> let's yeah. make yeah yeah <laughs> but in life everyone wants to be treated like an individual and everyone is unique and while Sarah's concerns are valid she also has to admit that a lot of her trepidation for Amber is because of her own experience mm -hmm. with Seth. For sure. And yeah. that's unfair to punish Ryan for that when it has nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. It's her own yeah. stuff. Now, Ryan should be held to account for his problems, yeah. which I feel like Amber did do, mm -hmm. you know, when she broke up with him. And I do have concerns that maybe she took him back too fast. But I ultimately came down on that side of... You have to trust them and let them do. But I, Melissa, you make a good point. Could you actually do that? It would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many places I want to go. <laughs> and I, I, one place I maybe shouldn't go. I shouldn't maybe mention this, but there, I'll just say it quickly. Caleb already knows there's someone close in my life who isn't vaccinated. And I find it very um, upsetting. And for a long time, I was like, you know what? Me saying something isn't going to do anything, so I'm just not going to. And I kept up with that for a really long time. And then eventually I was like, I kind of can't take it anymore. What if my opinion would make a difference? Mm -hmm. And so I said something and it didn't make a difference. Yeah. And actually it made things worse because yeah. we were doing okay and things are a little rocky right now. Mm. Um, yeah. Because we can relate. Probably, oh, yeah. We can yeah. totally relate. <laughs> Yeah, that actually makes me feel weirdly better mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that I'm not alone in that. And oh, yeah. I, I only mention it because it's the most relevant example I can think of right now of t to what degree do our words even carry any weight with anyone? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if Sarah said something, I realize that it's her mother and she loves her very much and values her opinion. But like, 
she's going to be like, oh, thanks, mom. Yeah, you're right. I, I should just break up with, my, you know, yeah. people's minds, <laughs> they, they, yeah. they make decisions for a reason. Yes. And when you, Sarah says, she doesn't want to hear that from me. Right. And I think yeah. Sarah is right. Yes, yes. She's right. For sure. And, yes. and also you can be quote unquote right about something and it almost doesn't even matter. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, you know, like, the, okay, they're young. Mm-hmm. Here was another place my mind went. I thought how interesting to have a couple on the podcast for this episode. Like you guys are technically high school sweethearts. You beat the odds, you know, like I realized that you didn't have a lot of the baggage that like, especially (laughs) Ryan had, you know, I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe, (laughs) but but, like I mentioned this because yes, you waited a long time before getting engaged, but like high school sweethearts who were then like long distance for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what not are, supposed to work. Right. <laughs> right. What, what, yeah. What yeah. are the odds that that would work out? And it has, and beautifully. Yeah. And what if some asshole had come up to you and said, I don't think this is a good idea. Like that would have made you very angry <laughs> and you would have been like, you know, thrust even closer together. And it was a good thing in your case, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm sort of assuming that it's a bad idea for Amber and Ryan to get engaged, but now I'm like questioning myself. Like what right do I have to think that maybe yeah. it's, Maybe it would work. What do you two think? Yeah, that's a good point because I think that most people were very supportive of us over the years. I'm trying to think back if anybody was like, no, absolutely don't do this. I don't think so. But I think that even if that would have happened, I probably would have said, well, you can suck it. <laughs> Basically, <Right>. like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And sorry. <laughs> it's, it's not like trying to convince someone that they should switch to a different cable provider. No. Like, right. You right. can yeah. have the, the most logical sound reasoning in the world, but it's like, it's such an important and personal decision. Like, yeah. whether it's coming from your mom or your best friend or whoever, like, convincing someone that they should not be with someone else is no small task and you know it's not I don't think rarely going to be worth the trouble that that conversation would cause it's not going to result in the outcome that you want yeah yeah Yeah. well and it's such a case-by-case thing I would think like Amber and Ryan despite all the things in their favor they have such an intense relationship Melissa and I just keep (laughs) Noticing yeah. everything about their relationship is intense. I mean, yes. the proposal mm-hmm. was at their reunion when he came home from war. You know, yes. like even yeah. just that, it's like, oh my god, this is nothing. Is just calm and peaceful. Yeah. They don't even just go over for a family dinner. They're like making out in the car before. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Like, and like it seems like you two. I feel like anyone who knew you enough to know what your relationship was like. I'm guessing your relationship even then was very. St- stable and steady and reliable yeah. much and like, much more hey, so than is, amber and Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 like this is not yeah. like what are they thinking yeah. No. yeah dangerous yeah melissa i know you had someone join your family who you were really not in favor of yeah how did you broach that and i actually don't remember the whole answer to this question oh yeah so my mom is currently like and has been for like seven years in a very loving relationship and i'm thrilled like it's really beautiful that you know at her age and everything like that she also managed to figure out how to join match.com and meet a (laughs) person and then move to like kansas city and be with yeah yeah and so i wanted to make it very clear that the person i'm about to talk about is not (laughs) 
<laughs> that person. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, between this lovely person and my father who died when I was 16, um, my mom was in a really awful um, relationship. And I think I wouldn't have liked anyone she dated right after my dad died, you know, yeah. I'm sure. But it soon became clear to me like, oh, this isn't just me having a hard time. Like, this is a bad person that hmm. my mom should not be with, who sort of took advantage, I think, of her grief. It was so awful for me to know that my mom was making a mistake. I mean, I won't even get into all the reasons why, but just tr trust me. And she eventually saw it as well. And I, I actually like started going to counseling for a while because I was just in intense agony over it. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember the the counselor asking me like, well, what do you want to have happen? And I was like, well, I want them to break up because <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. And she was like, well, you don't have any control over that. And she said it very mm -hmm. kindly, but very matter of factly. Yeah. And she said, all you can control is how much you're around her and him. And I was like, whoa. And so I, you know, as an adult at that point, I was like 24. I just like pulled away a little bit. Not entirely. I didn't drop out of her life. But I just tried to be less involved because I'm like, well, all this is doing is causing me a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. I... Um, that's how I handled it, I guess. And I just tried to do the best I could, but, but it was, did it, you try and talk her out of it? I did before I went to the counselor and it just made us get into horrible fights, yeah. you know, <sighs> and I could be as logical as possible. And like, it doesn't like, matter. No, yeah. it, doesn't it matter. didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I had good reasons, you know, and, and yeah. she knows that now and we'll have talks about it, like sort of reflecting. And she's like, well, it was just, I couldn't see it then, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and they eventually got married. They did. Did you, did you even, you didn't go to the wedding, am I right? I No, I did. I there were only, oh. there were only five people at the wedding. My brother was not one of them. And what, what, did he not go for the same reason? Yeah. And I did not want to be there. Mark, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he really talked me into it. He's like, I think you'll regret not going, he, you know, and, and. I think he, that was the right call, but I tell you, it's the most I've ever cried at a wedding and it wasn't happening oh, to you. Man. I was oh, just like, I was so sad Aww. and it was, yeah. And it was very hard oh. to watch, but yeah, I don't know. And, and so it was, it was just, it was hard. It was a hard time. And then when they broke up, that was a hard time too. Cause she was like traumatized and we oh. had to like work through it. And yeah. So it was, these are not, Easy things. No. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. What do you do? And I mean, on it for my part, I've talked about this on the show. I mean, I, I was never close to marrying my ex who I was with for like a year and a half, but that was an equally poor decision. And a lot of people tried to talk me out of being with him. And I'm sure that if we'd ever gotten engaged, that would have just like really ramped up. People would have been like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, you know, and that didn't work. We broke up when we broke up and not any sooner because anyone said, have you thought about this? <laughs> you know, and so and, and it's it's tricky because, you know, sometimes you say, I know what I'm doing and this is right. And you're right. And sometimes you say, I know what I'm doing and this is right. And you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, you're, and, you're, and so it's like really difficult. Um when, when, how do you know, I guess? If you're in it, it's hard to know. It's hard to be yeah. logical about it. I'm very lucky that both my sisters married people who I like. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. good. That is yeah. lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, that's nice. Just think back. Because now that I'm thinking about it, and they both had little things that I would notice, but that never rose to the level of like, ooh, I don't know if they should be with this person. Yeah. And they were so small that I think I did mention them. But that was just me, I think, learning how to bring new people into the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. And recognizing that my sisters were going to change a little bit based on who they were with and that that was not a bad thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there's new people around and we grow and we evolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. If there had been real red flags... I, I don't know that I would have been able to not say something. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it feels so like you're watching you. It would be like you were watching a train wreck. I would think like I can't do nothing, let alone say that I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. But maybe that's cause I have, I have an uncle I know who was married before he became my uncle and I think his brother or his father, I think tried to talk him out of it. And maybe like on the wedding day. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I could be wrong about the timeline. But it, there was definitely a moment of like, don't do this. And he did it anyway. And that person was right. Shouldn't have done it. But yeah, you can't. I think at these moments, right really means very little. Like I've been really yeah. thinking about that a lot lately. Like what does it even matter, I guess, if... I don't know. We can't convince people of things. We just think we have more power than we have. We just, mm-hmm. if we don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing yeah. of just like clearing your own conscience. Like you, you feel like you have to get this out in the air and you have to say it and yeah. avoiding maybe any sense of regret, like down the road, like, oh, well, maybe I could have helped them avoid this pain or this trouble. If only I had some, said something at the beginning and right. whether or not what you said had any impact, you at least know at that point tried yeah 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 i mean i even put in my notes i wasn't sure even if amber went to sarah and said give me your honest opinion about ryan yeah i would think i'm still not even sure she should give it because it's a trap (laughs) it's a trap i mean I, i just think if something if you say the wrong thing and you push them away like adam says i'm just saying don't do anything that's going to push her away yeah then they're going to make the choice you don't want them to make and you're not going to be there to help them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so. like, if all you can do is keep your proximity so that you are there if anything goes wrong and they know they can turn to you, maybe that is the best you can hope for. And, you know, hopefully it all goes great. Yeah. And Sarah was completely wrong and Amber and Ryan live happily ever after. But if not... At least have Amber still talking to you. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Because if you have this conversation, then maybe you've alienated her and then she, then she'll dig her heel. Yeah. She just can't even talk to you about it. It's like you've cut that off. Ugh. Can I just go on record and saying, we didn't see a lot of her in this episode, but we say this all the time. Mae Whitman is one of the best actors alive today. Yeah. Oh we my love God. Her. We love her. She is unbelievable. She is. Yeah. <laughs> Everything she does feels completely authentic and, yes. and real. Oh, yeah. And, yes. yeah. I, I have agree. never once not believed a word that has come out of her mouth. <laughs> yes. She gives me yeah. chills like every episode. Yeah. 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 Incredible. No, I, I agree. I love her so much. And it's, you know, something I find interesting is like, I remember on 
was Arrested Development, you know, the, the running joke about mm. her, you know, like she was, did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because now Ryan, who is like very conventionally handsome, keeps like talking about how the, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And I'm like, I don't know that she gets credit enough f- for like just being beautiful too. But I think part of that is like how good of an actor she is like you just believe her you love her like you know she shines Mm -hmm. or something yeah but anyway i mentioned that because when caleb mentioned earlier about ed being handsome i'm like well may whitman may not be your typical hollywood starlet you know like she was even replaced in independence day 2 like, I don't know if you guys knew that, but like, you know, oh, she played, I never made that connection. No. Yeah. She, yeah. She played the president's daughter and yeah. she's still an actor. She oh, could have yeah. been in the sequel and they replaced her with someone like younger and tall and skinny and blonde. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I, I mentioned that because I just, I also really love that she's playing a role where people like constantly talk about how beautiful she is. Cause I agree, but like some, some, I don't know. Two years after this episode, she started a movie yes. called The Duff, which stands for Designated Ugly Fat Friend. And she's the Duff. <gasps> what? Apparently. She's the Duff. Yeah. It's just like, like what Hollywood looking glass oh my are we yeah. through yeah. where Mae Whitman yeah. is the ugly fat one? Yeah. And well, I mean, that was kind of part of the movie that like, well, she's not actually these yeah. things. But like, you had to believe that some people would think she was. Oh, I was like, man. This is absurd. Yeah. I was well, aware that like, was a movie, but I had no idea that's what that was an acronym for. Yeah. 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 It's a cute movie, I got to say, though. I actually like, love right. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, but it is but just ridiculous. The premise is nuts. And, like, the fact that, like, parenthood is in the middle of these, like, bookends of, you know, arrested development, making a joke that she's, like, unremarkable. And yeah. And, yeah, getting replaced. And, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm like, she is beautiful. And yeah. if if we live in a world where everyone has to look, I don't know, like... Jasmine or Minka Kelly or you know other people who have been on the show um that's just that's nuts so anyway I just really love that I love that you mentioned how great she is yeah Yeah. she really is she might be the best part of that show honestly I I think she's the best on the show yeah Um, these episodes at the beginning of the season always feel a little inconsequential to me especially when we're binge watching and they come right after the season finales. Yeah. So like the whole seasons build to these intense, intense episodes. And then we're starting all over. Yeah. But this one was a very solid episode. I thought mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I was it. really struck by, I mean, now that we're in the fifth season, all the characters feel like they have depth and yeah. the just from the history that we have with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we talked about Christina feeling transformed. I think noticing that requires four seasons mm-hmm. of learning her behavior. Yeah. Yes. And then you can notice Max's growth in the same way. Yep. You know, it oh, didn't yeah. really come up, but I still love seeing him with Hank yeah. in this episode yeah. and him taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. I think it's such a great development. Same thing. I got to know that. Yeah. And Sarah feeling concerned about Amber that needs so much backstory yeah. for it to really resonate. And I thought oh, yeah. it did. Yeah. So we have all that. Yeah, you're totally right. I think this is one of the strongest starts to a season we've had. I really, yeah, I'm invested in every storyline. I don't think there's anything where I'm like, 
that seems silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all very big. And yeah, yeah I love it. Even the mayor stuff. Yeah, maybe if I had to pick one. <laughs> but it feels a little like Sarah's a playwright. Yeah, it's a little uh, out of it nowhere. It does have a little. Yes. Honestly, yeah. it's less out of left field than that. Very true. Sarah's like, well, Sarah, you've never written anything. Yes. At least Christina, she like worked in politics her whole adult life. Right. Right. And that that was in season one. Like, so at least there's that. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. brought us Denise from Full House. So what yeah. more can you ask for out of a storyline? <laughs> Right. It can't be all bad. <laughs> Journey so. Smollett. It's like she's everywhere you look. <gasps> <laughs> the light is waiting to carry you home. Oh, <laughs> Well, thank you again, you guys. I really love having you on, like truly. Like never disappoint. Uh, no. Earlier today, did. my husband was like, Who's your guest tonight? And I said it, and he was like, Oh, they're the ones that always make you like laugh so much. And, and I'm like, it's true. Aww, awesome. <laughs> so we always yeah. have fun too. Thanks for having us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It it was it was a blast. Yeah. As always. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for listening. Please. Follow us and like us on all the social media stuff, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Don't I really sound like I am a social media whiz? I mean, yeah. really, it's just so I natural. You. Thank you. you do. Yeah. I'm as authentic as May Whitman that was doing a anything. Delivery. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, Caleb, where can they find us? All our information? Parenthoodpals.com. Also, listeners, if you happen to be in Sarasota for the next month or so, I am music directing and conducting a new musical called Knoxville. It's by the team that wrote Ragtime, Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty and Frank Galati. It's at the Oslo Rep, and it's a beautiful show based on James Agee's A Death in the Family, which is a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Starting April 15th, we're performing. You could go to that, and you could just see Caleb there. I want to go to that. A new Ahrens and Flaherty musical you're working on? (laughs) That's amazing. I do too. Let's all just go Road to trip. Sarasota. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I want to meet you way. guys. Yeah. Yes, please. I want to meet you in real life anyway. Yeah. So yes. that would be so good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. Yeah. 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 Ah, that was wonderful. Uh, Anytime. Uh, I wanna, I'll just share this with you guys. Don't include <laughs> this on the podcast. Okay. Okay. But you should know that I, I think it maybe drives her insane a little bit. But I have replaced all of the words to the Parenthood theme song <laughs> with the title of your podcast. So Yay! like, whenever like the theme song kicks in, I'm just like sitting there in the bed as we're watching, going, "We're the Parenthood pals, we're the Parenthood pals," and that's the entire theme song is just me doing that. It's true. Um, and oh my God. It brings me joy. It's the biggest honor that we could ever imagine. <laughs> That's so great. I was singing it earlier tonight. I was looking up um, the blues from West Side Story. I don't know if you, it's like this random dance music in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. It's. I'm sure it's in my history here because it was funny. Okay. Okay, it was here. I was going... Parenthood Pals. <laughs> we are the Parenthood Pals. <laughs> I love it. Parenthood Pals. Well, and then this next part, when it, <laughs> I got carried away because it starts going, um, 
We're the parenthood pals. <laughs> We're the parenthood pals. That's oh my god! Uh, I love you. That. Write you write a catchy jingle. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. If I wrote it, I'm just saying nobody would be singing it anywhere. <laughs> and I'd be like, it would not be good. It would be set to the tune of "Open Arms" by Journey, which I thought I wrote oh, when I was nine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> This is catchy. Why isn't no one thought of it? <laughs> I was like tooling around on my keyboard and I'm like, this is good. I've got but, something yeah, just... here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, All right. So what have I not? Um, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless and keep you always. And may your wishes all come true. Parenthood pals, we are the parenthood pals. Parenthood pals.